2: Thank you once again for coming to BARD's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. Then you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we will be doing analysis of the vice presidential debate between Mike Pence and Tim Kaine. Now, I imagine uh, many of you out there may have not even seen the debate, Uh, That's why we do have audio tonight, uh, because I venture that more people uh, watched uh, last week's debate than this one. And you can find our commentary and analysis of that debate on our previous show, uh, which you can check out here on Blog Talk Radio. Or if you have a mobile device, you can download it on iTunes for free, uh, where you can get all of the episodes of Bard's Logic, Political Talk. Uh, They're free on iTunes, including last week's episode. Uh, And also check out the website, of course, at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Check out our Bards Logic newsroom, as well as currently, if you want to watch some video of the debates, they are having that being played on Newsmax TV, uh, which you can see on the Bards Logic Political Talks uh, page for the newsroom you know, or the TV, uh, Newsmax TV room. So check that out there. I'm looking and it says the link there is Bloomberg TV, and I don't understand why that is. It uh, maybe have to be something that's going to have to be fixed with our IT folks. Uh, but I do already see some folks on the line to push the one and your number dial. I believe I see uh, David in there, which uh, pushed the one and your number dial and you're ready to get in. Uh, And I'll get you into the show. I know we missed you last week. I do not want to miss you this week. And I do see you push the button there. uh, And we know it's kind of late for David, so we'll get him on, maybe uh, get some comments uh, that he's seen about the debate. And also I want to welcome those of you who are in the chat as well. Uh, Welcome to the show. And so I see a couple of people already, as I said, Uh, push the button to get in. And if you'd like to get in, push the one on your number dial or give us a call at 347-945-7428. And so let's go ahead and bring in David. Thank you very much, David, for coming to the show. How are you
3: tonight? Hey, doing great tonight. And uh, I did watch uh, most of the debate, and obviously I thought that Mike uh, Mike Pence really uh, presented himself very presidentially and was certainly trying to be patient with, um, it seemed like Tim Kaine just was absolutely focused on trying to be a very animated attack dog. And it just, I don't think that it, um, you know, the the number one thing in politics, I believe is you have to kind of present yourself as kind of a likable figure and then try to certainly, um, communicate and persuade people. And, uh, I just I, – I think that it was just a tremendous uh, opportunity for the uh, conservative uh, side kind of to right the ship, and uh, I thought a lot of points were kind of scored across America for uh, – in favor of the Trump campaign, and I'm sure we'll see that maybe over the next few days in polls. But the the one main point I wanted to make is I just have so much concern that – Uh, This election is not going to be over on November the 8th. It's almost like the Democrats are playing for a legal challenge thereafter, and it seems like almost their goal is to make make the aftermath of Election Day so painful legally for Donald Trump personally that they think that's going to be a possibly kind of their best tactic to – to, to make it so difficult for for Donald Trump to assume the transition that um uh, they're just going to somehow uh figure out a way to keep themselves in power. I just wonder if anybody has any thoughts on that that um just you know back to the Al Gore type election it was that was such a uh, grueling experience uh having to live past the election day you know, with 45 days of kind of uncertainty, I, I I fear that we're kind of entering into a situation where it's just not going to be over even on November 8th. I know everybody just wants to get the votes done and and get. Think we're really up against a uh, situation where where uh, they're just pulling out all the stops. That's that's. I just wonder if anybody has any thoughts on how to. Uh, make sure that it is done on November 8th without having an aftermath of legal challenge to it all. Well, one, I mean, the only, of course, the most obvious
2: answer to that is to, of course, to make sure that, you know, Donald Trump uh, wins by, you know, of course we don't want to tie, uh, but Donald Trump definitely wins by, I wouldn't even say need of a landslide, but convincingly enough to, for people who don't think that there's, I don't see how they could think it could be any kind of fraud on on Trump's part. I mean, it's obvious that Hillary Clinton and her ilk are the ones who have the reins uh, to be able to do, and actually the the power and influence to be able to do anything uh, that could do anything to rig these elections. I think that's something we've uh, talked about before. Uh, One of the things I think to make sure is to uh, get more information from our guest. Uh, Hopefully we'll be seeing him coming in uh, later tonight, and that's uh, one of the founders of, the Watch the Vote USA, uh, uh, Vote USA, Watch the Vote USA, uh, Jim Connett, Jr. We've had him on a few times in the show, and I, I don't see him on the line yet, but uh, he may be in a conference right now. I know they do a lot of conferences uh, around this time of night, so hopefully we'll be seeing him uh, coming in later. But I think that'll be another one. Ways, I mean, I'm actually going to be on vacation. It just kind of happened that way because uh, this is usually the week I take vacation. Is that week in November? And so I want to see what, you know, I can do in order to try to help the, you know, election be, you know, fair and honest. And I think that would be the way. And now, as someone pointed out in a previous show, it should have been up to even back in 2000, and I know more now than I did back in 2000, uh, that it shouldn't even really been up to the Supreme Court to make decisions they made uh, when Bush ended up getting elected. That should have been something that would have been left more to Congress. I uh, at the time I think Bush probably would have uh, won that anyway. I'm not sure, uh, but you know, I, do you think? And, and then we'll bring Susan in uh, to comment. So do you think they're going to do that just to try to keep uh, Obama in power after you know January 30, you know 20th, I guess, uh, or you know January 1st? Is that is that what you're, you're thinking?
3: Well, uh, a theory that I've heard before, and I'm hearing it again and again is in fact that not not only uh, will the Democrats, not only do they realize that they are really behind, but if Trump is winning, what they are going to do is almost assist a, a Trump victory with um, historically such a high, unrealistic, they're going to cheat on behalf of Trump to be able to say, look, uh, this is obviously evidence that there has been tampering, And because they're having, we we cannot certify the vote. So that's a whole different judo flip. That we could almost be assuming that we have to protect uh, the Trump vote from getting overwhelmed by their, uh, you know, by 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 their kind of cheating, I guess. But in fact, if it gets what they can do is almost the exact opposite, and therefore try to make a case to the American public that someone else has, I mean, just think of this. They always seem to project onto the other side. It's almost they they always tell us exactly who they are and what they believe in because they do it themselves, but they accuse the other side of doing the exact same thing. If you think Mm -hmm. about that, it's almost obvious that maybe perhaps their game plan is to say, is is to make a case for the fact that it's a – an invalidated process, therefore Homeland Security will have to step in. I, I just – Well, they've
2: even talked about that. They've hinted to that.
3: Yeah. I, I only say that to um, extreme scenario on the table so at least it's thought through so that we don't have to think about it if it happens. Um, so I just I, – I've heard that theory more than once, and – it's almost something that I would have never thought of, but once you hear it, it's like, you know, I can I, I can kind of understand because that is sometimes the way that they approach things. But I hope it all works out. I just think Donald Trump has done a tremendous job. I think uh, Mike Pence was uh, uh, very solid, and uh, I just – I think uh, Kane really hurt their cause, which was already um, – Uh, has has really been weakened overall. And one thing I would ask anybody's opinion is I am desperately looking for accurate polling information out of Florida specifically and uh, Pennsylvania. Florida and Pennsylvania, it's almost that is the whole game, the whole game, those two states. And anybody with information on Florida, Mm -hmm. I'd be really interested in their perceptions. Thank you.
2: And we do have uh, one of the panelists from Florida, whether she'll be able to, uh, you know, chime in or not. I know that down there they're preparing for a hurricane. So, uh, well, actually, uh, we see somebody just uh, from Florida wanting to look to chime in the line. They can uh, give a little input for that. So let's go ahead and bring her on. I believe this is Cindy. Uh, Cindy, how are you doing?
4: Well, I'm fine. I just wanted to let him know that if he'll give you his contact information, I'm a poll watcher, so I can see, I can see the tape in the precinct where I am poll watching. That's the only thing I can give you, and I can talk to the other poll watchers and and uh, get the get the tapes from them, um, but you know, get the counts from those precincts. But um, I don't think my county is going to be a, our county is. Very pro Trump, so we're probably not going to be like the most important county to to watch. You probably need to go, you know, find somebody from down south to watch, because they're they're the ones where they pull all the shenanigans. Are you there?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm certainly here, and I'm Tiss. Yeah, you're probably talking about Dade County. Uh, no, yeah. If you look at yeah. a map, if you look at a map of Florida, it's amazing what a small sliver of of uh, democratic uh density there is but it's all right there in Dade County and that is uh high population anyway, I, yeah i but i just uh, I, i've heard conflicting sources and event, uh uh about polls in Florida and i just wonder if you're closer to it if you have a uh, a sense of where you think uh Donald Trump really stands uh in the polls of Florida.
4: Well, like I say, I think he's gonna he's gonna have to watch closely. I hope he's got poll watchers that are gonna be down in South Florida. Every anything south of Brevard County, um, I think needs to be watched closely. Um, maybe not out in the middle, you know, like the Okeechobee area, but um and and I don't think you'll need to worry about Bradenton, Saint Pete area that's a highly Republican area down there. A lot of retired rich people live down there and they're usually Republican but um but really um where they really play a lot of shenanigans is in the, the Palm Beach areas and um Fort Lauderdale, Miami, um, uh where else did we oh and Jacksonville area. The Jacksonville area. Um, Orlando, of course. Um, controlled by the Democrats since Oh golly, probably twenty five years now they've been 20, 20 or twenty five years now they've been uh controlled by the Democrats there. I remember when uh our mayor was always Republican in Orlando and my uncle, who is a Republican, held the um the the uh city engineering job. He was an engineer and he held the he was um Head of the engineering department there And as soon as um, I think It was No I'm not going to say I'm not going to try to guess who it was That first democrat who came In there um, As mayor Fire Just absolutely fired every single Person in the government that was Republican and replaced Them all with democrats and they have Controlled everything ever since so i would say that he needs to watch the orlando area he needs to watch the um the south south um south florida and he needs to watch jacksonville
3: yeah was it grayson was he the one that talked yeah, all the
4: Yeah i'm i'm thinking it was but i'm trying oh. to think if he was that far back there may have been one that came in before grayson Ale- grayson's been horrible Grace, Grayson yeah. is so corrupt and so evil yeah. that I I wish God would wipe him off the earth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, really, that he is really that bad. But yeah, he, uh, Cindy, there Cindy, there Cindy, might have been let me, let me one more this. before that. Yeah, let, mm-hmm?
3: let me ask you this: when I say polls, I'm I'm talking about the election polls. And and, and let me ask you this: as far as like uh, Rubio, how is Rubio polling uh, in his race? Oh, that kind of. Polls. Yeah, I mean, because based on Rubio's numbers, I would think that – and you tell me what you think of Florida. Do you think that Donald Trump will always have higher numbers than Rubio, and how is Rubio doing in his Senate campaign? Because I'm assuming whatever Rubio's numbers are, Trump's numbers should be higher for presidential, and I was just wondering if you could report on what Rubio's numbers are looking like and – I'm looking for some good news to feel confident that Donald Trump is doing well in Florida.
4: Well, I think that you can have – I think I can tell you that I'm pretty confident about Trump here in Florida. If we can get um, fair elections, if we can get fair polls, I'm confident about Trump here. I am not confident in Rubio because Rubio lost a whole lot of support um, with grassroots. He lost his boots on the ground. He, everybody that voted for him last time may still vote for him, um, but I mean, it was in the primaries where we thought we could get rid of Rubio, because we had a guy that was, was a, a really good um, candidate, but the problem is he didn't have good name recognition, and you know, when you got a senator already sitting in there, it's, it's extremely good for him to have uh, name recognition, so... All is well there. And, you know, he's going to get a great Cuban vote. The problem is there's a lot of people who were against his – well, they knew even before he was elected the first time that he had he had said he had been talking and that he was pro-immigration um, reform, which means, you know, we're going to give you amnesty. He's pro-amnesty, Okay. And and they quizzed him about it. There was a big um, like a conference with um, Republican um, when he got delegates down in South, South Florida somewhere, and they quizzed him on it. And they said, "Look, you've been on the record as being pro-amnesty," and and he told them, he said, "You can tell. I will tell you that I am not going to go for hundred percent. You know all." all across the board, amnesty. I am not going to be, I'm going to go there and I'm going to vote like you want me to vote. Well, they said, oh, goody, Clapped their hands, voted for him, and then he became one of the Gang of Eight. Okay, they were ticked off. They were on every radio show they could go on telling what an idiot they thought they were because they voted for Rubio, okay? Those people will not work for him, and I believe that that's going to count again, that's going to, be bad for him because he has no boots on the ground okay so Rubio is in bad shape I think just from the scuttlebutt I have not seen any Florida born polls to to bear that out okay I'm only going by scuttlebutt and what people that I know that are delegates I'm friends with our REC chairman here and you know they go to all these big meetings and everything, these big conventions and stuff. And what they're bringing back to me is that people are not happy with Rubio. They're not helping Rubio. And so he's in trouble, okay? Now, I don't want him to be in trouble um, because I think the Democrat is going to be a whole lot worse. But how can you work for someone? I mean, it's like Romney. I couldn't work for Romney. I just couldn't do it. He he was not my candidate. He was not anywhere close to my candidate. It was almost the same thing as voting for Obama. It was going to be very little difference between them if you look at their records. Right. So anyway, I don't know. I can't give you any good. Yeah, I can't give you any good vibes about Rubio. But I can say that Trump is, I believe in the in, in well in the lead here, even though the polls don't bear that out in the in the national polls. I believe he's very well ahead here, and as long as we can get a fair vote, he will win Florida.
2: Well, and I was watching, uh, you know, before I went into work today, I was watching uh, Fox News, and they were, you know, kind of playing with the electoral map, and, and you know, we've done that in the past, and perhaps at some point we'll do that, and they, somebody on from Real Clear, Real Clear Politics, which genuine general I can't even say it, generally I, you know, agree with and, and trust, then um, also I go to two uh, seventy to win dot com and kind of play with that uh, there. And they actually were putting in Florida as a win for you know for Trump. Now, mm-hmm. however, it looks like the state to really watch this year. And i and, and and you know Cindy, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but how long have I been saying this? I've been saying this since the primaries. Pennsylvania could be the key mm-hmm. state this year on who becomes the president of the United States. Because even with Trump winning uh, Ohio and Florida, which this is kind of odd, but for some reason this this still baffles me about Virginia going blue, okay, or being blue. But so far, uh, Virginia is in the Hillary camp, and maybe that's because of, you know, Cain. But it's Pennsylvania. Whoever gets Pennsylvania According to you know what they were doing this morning on the on the electoral map, it becomes the president. So it's good that they're you know they're both spending a lot of time in Pennsylvania. And and what did I say in the beginning of the even in the primaries? Cruz couldn't win Pennsylvania, but Trump can't. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I put my support behind Trump because I, I I'm anti-Hillary before I'm anything else. Okay, so mm-hmm. I was like, Trump to Trump Trump could do it you know, let's be honest, Cruz could not. And so here we have it. Uh where Pennsylvania looks like it that, that may be the key state.
4: Well as I said to you earlier today, um I believe the key to Pennsylvania is his jobs uh reform. I think if 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 those people understand and believe that he is going to be bringing their jobs back and that factories are going to reopen or factories won't close, um, then then they're going to vote for Trump, even if they are union.
2: We do have the mic slide. And so let's go ahead and get and, and welcome uh, Carolyn to the chat. It's uh, good to see you again, of course. Uh, we got Susan on the line, David, and you stay. Out, you know, I'm going to keep everybody's mics open, and so let's go ahead and get uh, Susan on. To get your thoughts, Susan, and then we'll bring it back to you, and then that. But we are still waiting for uh, our guest uh, to come on, and you know, we are going to. Uh, I promise, folks who are listening who want to hear uh, audio from the debate and hear uh, some analysis and some commentary on there, and, and of course, the audio clips themselves, especially if you haven't. You know, heard the debate. we got a a lot uh, of material here. Uh, We will get to that, I promise. There's still plenty of time in the show. It's a three-hour show, folks. So uh, we're not not even a half an hour into it. So there's plenty of time. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan, uh, to speak on. Now, you're on the other end of the country. That's why I say you be heard across America, because we definitely have folks uh, all across America here on Bard's Logic. And so let's go ahead and hear from you, Susan, and then – If anyone has any more closing uh, comments on this topic, uh, then we'll uh, proceed with our uh, topic of the night, and that was last night's uh, only uh, vice presidential debate. Go ahead, uh, Susan.
5: Um, Senator, who did she say? Oh, Rubio. Makes me gag. I can't stand the man. Uh, maybe you can get a constitutionalist or libertarian in there instead of him or the Democrats. Ah, he is so I can't believe anybody likes him. Uh, he's a Rhino. He's a bad boy. He's yeah uh, creepy crawly. Ew. I, I I just I can't believe anybody in Florida would even remotely support him. Ah, I think Simpson's bad and he's an idiot. He's my idiot. That. Guess what? Rubio's an idiot and he's your idiot. He's not mine, thank God. Uh, so, anyway, about the debate. Um, yeah, I didn't watch it except for the first little bit, and I was totally disgusted because right off the bat, interrupt, 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 and I was just like, shut up. Is this how it's going to be all night with, ah, oh, I, 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 I am managing to do with my life? Oh, I can't believe it. we well, hear audio. Yeah, you
2: we won't miss uh, it because we have, we have audio of a lot of the material uh, from there. Now it was only about oh
5: gee,
2: it was only about an hour and a half worth of it was really only an hour and a half worth of debate itself, uh, you know, questions. So you know, it was a lot of interruptions. So it really Frank wasn't Lentz. that much.
5: <laughs> Frank Luntz is the Republican Vice President of Canada. He this is a focus group that he put together. And he said Pence won the debate against rival Kim Kane. And well oh, yeah, said Cain I mean, looked like an idiot. Kane is interrupting way too much. The focus group wants the moderator to lay down the law and shut him up on those turn. <laughs> oh, that's one way to shut him up. Just go walk over there and uh plant a fist on his face and knock him out cold. There you go, that's maybe the what Pence should have done. Uh oh I know that's not legal, darn it Um, they said they love Pence's methodical answer on economic growth uh, economic growth and uh, he's hitting all the right notes and I've heard of this Frank once before but O-U-N-T-V it says even when he agrees with some of Tim Kaine's answers Pence still scored better Um, and then what said
2: Trump ought to shut up and let Pence do all the talking from now on. <laughs> that was kind but of funny. Was, I mean, I was never, I was never, uh, I was never a Pence fan. I mean, I, I made no qualms about that. I was never a Pence fan. Uh, I, you know, I, and I think, my gosh, if Gingrich was up there, I mean, he would have made uh, Kane look like a child. Uh, however, you know, the demeanor of how Pence, I mean, there's times Pence just looked like. He was he was just blowing cane off like he, you're inconsequential you know you're just you're you're being immature you know what you're saying is inconsequential I'm just going to ignore those comments hopefully we'll get uh you know and really watching it you can you can see that by the expression on his face but you know you know Pence gained a couple points with me uh you know last night and so uh, let's go ahead and then get some final comments here on this topic before we move over uh, to our audio clips, and uh, we'll go. Uh, back to where the discussion began And bring it back to you, David
3: Well, uh, to go back to the first debate With Donald Trump and Hillary Now that it's been a week or so Reflecting back on it The truth is Is that um, I think Trump kind of uh, Pulled his punches And tried to be very presidential which, which was He was very patient And really allowed Obviously the Democrats To use every trick in the book and uh, I, I think, as everybody looks back at it, um, we realize that uh, it was just it was just so fakely produced by the Democrats that if if that is the best they can do with every trick that they can try, they didn't even uh, uh, really score any points against Trump. It was really kind of a tie. I think it just really positions Donald Trump. In perfect position for the second debate And then the third debate um, I'm actually Just really feeling very confident about it I think Donald Trump continues To become a better and better candidate And more And more skilled And there's no way that Hillary uh, Will will be as Polished and controlled uh, For the next debate So she can't be any better And Trump Obviously Trump didn't even have that impressive of a night. He was obviously under the weather and not really on his A game, but he will be on his A game. I think that uh, Mike Pence absolutely, I think, also uh, has assisted Donald Trump uh, as the lead into to the second debate. So I'm feeling really good about that. I'm feeling good about lots of things. One thing I would also point to is I believe on the ground game, Uh, The uh, coalition outreach efforts where the uh, Republicans need to gain more votes, you know, those groups are basically the union voters and blue-collar, also the minority voters, women voters, uh, Hispanic voters, millennial voters, and and, uh, Second Amendment rights voters who maybe in the past have voted Democrats. Those are all the groups that where the Republican Party and the Trump coalition is looking to gain ground in. And I have seen uh, I've seen uh, uh, polls that show that they're making progress within the uh, minority vote and also even the Hispanic vote. And just anecdotally, um, I, I believe that they are performing uh better than anybody wants to admit publicly. So I think that is my basis for my belief that I think Trump's performance in the election is going to be a lot better than any of the national polls that are being um that are that are being published. And I I think, you know, internally, I think the Democrats know they're in trouble. That's why I think they are really, really gonna stretch for A unique uh, Unpredictable Approach toward trying to delay Turning over The golden key to the White House I just don't think they're just going to hand over The key Um, So we have to be more vigilant than ever And uh, I will tell you That I do plan to be in the state of Florida For the election And uh, if there was ever anything I could ever do to help The campaign I am trying to find My place to be but we need to all be prepared, uh, again, um, if we're prepared for what to do after November 8th, in case it goes past November 8th, then uh, we'll be we'll be ready for it. And so many times in life, when you're ready for something like that, it ends up not happening. But the worst situation would be that we all feel confident that November 8th, it's all going to be over, and then we just... Um, you know, we we meet a similar situation to what happened in 2000. So, um, again, um, I thank you for the chance to talk and uh, standing by. Thank you very much. Look forward to the next topics.
2: Okay, great. Now, we are going to keep everyone's mics open a while I play the audio. So, uh, if there's going to be any background noise, just, uh, you know, mute your phones or your mics, what have you. I do see Gene is on the line. But, Gene, uh, I do see it's the bottom of the hour. So I do want to start uh, playing our audio uh, from the debate last night. And what we'll do is after that audio, Gene, I will uh, bring you first uh, to come in to make commentary uh, on what you'd like to say on our previous topic uh, briefly because I do want to get into our topic of tonight about the debate. And then, of course, your uh, thoughts on this first audio. And this is pretty much the introduction, uh, the introductory question Uh, of the debate last night.
0: I'd like to start with the topic of presidential leadership. 28 years ago, tomorrow night, Lloyd Benson said the vice presidential debate was not about the qualifications for the vice presidency, but about how, if tragedy should occur, the vice president has to step in without any margin for error, without time for preparation to take over the responsibility for the biggest job in the world. What about your qualities, your skills, and your temperament that equip you to step into that role at a moment's notice, Senator Kane?
6: Elaine, thank you for being here tonight. Governor Pence, welcome. It is so great to be back at Longwood University in Farmville, Virginia. This is a very special place. 65 years ago, a young courageous woman, Barbara Johns, led a uh, walkout of her high school, Moton High School. She made history by protesting school segregation. She believed our nation was stronger together, and that walkout led to the Brown versus Board of Education decision that moved us down the path toward equality. I am so proud to be running with another strong, history-making woman, Hillary Clinton, to be President of the United States. I'm proud because her vision of stronger together, building an economy that works for all, not just those at the top, being safe in the world, not only with a strong military, but also strong alliances to battle terrorism and climate change, and also to build a community of respect, just like Barbara Johns tried to do 65 years ago. That's why I'm so proud to be her running mate. Hillary told me why she asked me to be her running mate. She said, the test of a Clinton administration will not be the signing of a bill or the passage of a bill. It will be whether we can make somebody's life better, whether we can make a classroom better, learning environment, for school kids or teachers, whether we can make us safer. It's going to be about results. And she said to me, you've been a missionary and a civil rights lawyer. You've been a city councilman and mayor. You've been a lieutenant governor and governor and now a U.S. Senator. I think you will help me figure out how to govern this nation so that we always keep in mind that the success of the administration is the difference we make in people's lives. And that's what I bring to the ticket. That experience, having served at all levels of government, but my primary role is to be Hillary Clinton's right-hand person and strong supporter as she puts together the most historic administration possible. And I relish that role. I'm so proud of her. I'll just say this. We trust Hillary Clinton, my wife and I. And we trust her with the most important thing in our life. We have a son deployed overseas in the Marine Corps right now. We trust Hillary Clinton as President and Commander-in-Chief. But the thought of Donald
7: Trump as Commander-in-Chief scares us to death. Governor Pence. Well, first off, thank you, Elaine, and thank you, to, thank you to Norwood University for their wonderful hospitality and commission on presidential debates. It's deeply humbling for me to be here, be surrounded uh, by my, my wonderful family. And Senator Kane. It's, it's an honor to be here with you as well. And uh, I just um, also want to say, say thanks to everyone that's looking in tonight, who understands what an enormously important time this is in the life of our nation. For the last seven and a half years, we've seen America's place in the world weakened. We've seen an economy stifled by more taxes, more regulation, a, a war on coal, and and a failing health care reform come to be known as Obamacare. And the American people know that we need to make a change. And so I want to thank all of you for being, being with us tonight. I also want to thank Donald Trump uh, for making that call and inviting us to be a part of this ticket. I have to tell you, I'm a... I'm a small-town boy from a place not too different from Farmville. I-, I grew up with a cornfield in my backyard. My my grandfather had immigrated to this country when he was about my son's age. My mom and dad uh, build a- everything that matters in a small town in southern Indiana. They build a family and a, and a good name and a business, and, and they raised a family. I, I-, I dreamed someday of representing my hometown in Washington, D.C., but I- uh, honestly, Elaine, I never imagined i never imagine I'd have the opportunity to be governor of the state that I love, let alone be sitting at a table like this, in this kind of a position. So to answer your question, I, I would say, I, uh, I, I would hope that uh, if, uh, if the responsibility ever fell to me in this role, uh, that I would meet it with the way that I'm going to meet the responsibility, should I be elected vice president of the United States. And that's to bring a, a lifetime of experience. A lifetime growing up in a small town, a lifetime where I've served in the Congress of the united states, where where I've led a state that works in the great state of Indiana. Uh, and whatever other responsibilities might follow from this, i I would hope and frankly I would pray to be able to meet that moment with that that lifetime of experience.
0: Senator Kane
2: Okay, and the first comments uh, we will take, as I promised, will be. Uh, from Gene. Thank you very much, Gene, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? And, uh, doing okay. How about yourself? Oh, doing great. Doing great. I'm glad to have uh, all your folks here on the line tonight uh, and giving our commentary coming across America for the uh, grassroots. Go ahead.
8: Uh, one thing I noticed, too, on the news today, I heard that uh, Trump was saying about how uh, Bill Clinton was talking about kind of trash and Obamacare about the people having to pay so much and, and Trump kind of took that and run with it and brought that up about the Obamacare so hopefully we'll, Trump will carry that into the next debate. That was kind of the, the main thing on my mind. Uh, I didn't really hear too much of that debate last night that Cain was kind of the, the main address of one kind of uh, carving up Pence or whatever it was kind of what I got out of it and then the two contrasts because it not like on the news today that Pence uh, handled himself all okay, can, and Trump was happy with with uh, Pence's performance.
2: Okay, and uh, David, would you like to uh, make comment on that, or also on the
3: audio we just heard? Uh, yeah, I, I just really think that um, uh, Mike, Mike Pence, you know, actually was a, a pretty serious um, – uh, potential candidate himself uh, for the presidential race uh, this time around, so I think uh, he's been a tremendous asset to the ticket. Uh, it, it it absolutely solidifies Indiana. Remember that Indiana was actually won by Obama in 2008. Um, so uh, it, wow. it firmly, you know, it really firmly uh, helps uh, not only Indiana, but I think uh, you know Indiana borders Ohio. In Ohio is such a pivotal, important state. Um, I, I never want to take Ohio for granted, but uh, I certainly uh, believe that uh, we're in uh, much better shape in Ohio than, than we found ourselves in the 2012 and 2008 election. And as everybody always says, uh, no Republican almost has ever won the presidency without winning Ohio. So that, uh, So Mike Pence has really covered that ground well, uh, if I'm not mistaken I believe he is a uh, retired United States Marine and uh uh he, he doesn't I think I'm right about that he doesn't doesn't seem to mention it much but I think his uh, uh I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case he, he just really presents himself as a uh, very very strong leader at a time when I think uh that is uh such an important characteristic that I think America is looking for so um and I'll tell you this, uh, I consume a lot of news and I was even reading the LA Times and other uh kind of left-leaning periodicals and uh, all they could say about the debate was um well, you know, hopefully it wasn't too damaging. I mean, if that's if that's the best they can say about their own candidate, I think they really realized it was a <laughs> catastrophe. It was a catastrophe uh, for the left. So, um I just uh I'm 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 very pleased to know that uh I think uh, that it helped our cause quite a bit and should be reflected in the polls over the next few days.
2: Yeah, we'll definitely see how that pans out. Uh be interesting. And uh, I believe we see uh our friend Jim, uh our guest here for this evening, uh coming into the show. Uh, just push the one on your number dial when you're ready to come in, Jim. And uh, we'll definitely get you in on the show. Of course, I want to thank Jim as well as uh, our friend, you pushed the button, we'll get him in, as well as our friend Kelly, uh, are working at the Watch the Vote USA. And here on Blog Talk Radio, I do have the link there, uh, www.watchthevoteusa.com. And that's going to be very important. And I do want to incorporate that into our uh, conversation tonight as we do our analysis of the debate. So let's go ahead and bring in Jim. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jim, for coming to the show. We also got. Of course, uh, Cindy on the line with us, and Susan and Gene, and uh, David uh, on the line with us as well, Jim. Uh, so let's go ahead and give okay. your your general take of last night, and maybe even the first debate, uh, and then we'll go into the specifics of the audios we have tonight.
9: Okay, I'm not going to be able to stay on too long because I've got to get this video 40 seconds to victory for Trump up before the election happens. I really want to get it up tonight, and I've been having to put everything else on hold. But I, you know, it's because it's down to the wire now. But um, well, sure. I don't agree with the I don't agree that with the idea that Hillary won the first debate at all. Uh, the the media, you got five TV networks. This is very important for people to think about. We got five TV TV networks, basically owned by the same crowd, and um, they all are looking at. They're basically all responsive to the uh, the one percent. Uh, the uh, uh, as they're called Or the the those who issue money Goldman Sachs, the Fed, International Monetary Fund That coalition Now there's infighting among that group As there is in any group But they all come out of the gate They all say Hillary Clinton won the debate I don't know of anything she did said in that debate That I would give her What you would call debating points I mean Trump completely wiped them out on NAFTA uh, Hillary is obviously lying through her teeth When she says she wouldn't um, uh, Approved TPP. So, and I, the idea that when Trump goes off on on his little sidebars, which everybody loves, that's why he became so popular. So, you know, mo- lo- most of the country loves. Then that he loses the debate is ridiculous. I even hear Trump supporters being influenced by this these, this propaganda machine that are the five TV networks. Um, um, and you go, and you know, Hannity's been very good on on, on Trump and Pence, but. The, the 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 news breaks in the network are not, and many of the commentators are not. They're subtly feeding, they're subtly feeding the idea that Trump is goofs up every time he tweets. You know, their the media is virtually begging Trump, please quit tweeting, because with the tweet and his Facebook followers, which and his Snapchat, which I think is 22 million now, he can hit them in the head 10 minutes after they lie or smear him. The other thing I totally agree with, disagree with a lot of the comments that are going on is that
5: when Hillary
9: brings up something um, like, like the, the, um, the the alleged beauty queen uh, controversy where there's no witnesses that Trump called her those names, but even if he did call her those names, he was the one, it comes out, that saved her her, her one-year reign he said let's not fire her. let's uh, we could you know she could be gain more weight than the contract allowed but he said let's work with her and help her lose weight so he's the one who saved their job but the idea that he shouldn't hit back when they lie of course the left wants our side never to hit back that's why like, like McCain and Romney and 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 Dole mm-hmm. they, they never hit back uh so so this is the way to lose this is the way to lose uh but yet As long as the average person who says they don't believe the news media, you can say to the average middle of the road or conservative, I don't believe anything the news media says. But then they quote the polls as if the polls are accurate. Listen, the polls are the biggest weapon against the American people of these five TV networks. Um, They are – in other words, I don't know if anyone has heard of the Tavistock Institute, which goes back 100 years or Ed, Edward Bernay, like Bernay sauce, who the Rothschild sent over here, and their goal in both cases is to manipulate the culture and manipulate public opinion. This is what they do. They work on manipulating public opinion and manipulating the culture. So when we have after the debate, okay, we have a million people go to um, a Drudge almost, and a million I think it was a million eight hundred thousand on time and a million one hundred thousand on fortune. Hannity has his Salone had theirs. Almost every one of these, Trump was winning seventy percent, sixty percent, seventy percent, eighty percent. One, ABC, one of their polls had Trump winning ninety-five percent. Now, and of course, the media comes on the five TV networks. You know their news divisions come on snarling that these are not scientific polls. Well, no, I, yeah, I say yes. I say yes, they are because. I don't know if you ever tried it. I tried to vote twice on time. I tried to vote twice on Drudge. Most of them are using something like SurveyMonkey. You cannot vote twice from the same IP address. Now, theoretically, you could run into another – another next door to another computer, or you could go on and, and – ch- I think there's a way to change your IP address – but I don't know how to do it, and neither do most 99% of the rest of the people. So these are pretty darn scientific polls when people go straight to the computer vote. And if, he, he, if Trump won against Hillary on everything, even Salon, even ABC, even NBC. So there. now, okay, now let's contrast that with the polls put out by CNN that night or the other networks by Friday. Uh, 500 people,
5: 800
9: people at the most – and that we don't know who they're calling we don't know if they're calling blue collar democrats left wing democrats black neighborhoods spanish neighborhoods white neighborhoods rich neighborhoods we have no idea whatsoever how they're doing these polls yet everyone seems to accept them as if the angels brought brought it them down from heaven <laughs> i personally i personally and they're brought to us by the biggest liars in the history of the universe and they're bigger the, the reason i say they're the biggest is cuz they got all this media where they're everybody's home and everybody's radio so the influence is much more so um and but, but so anyway so the constant broads picking on everything in this cycle let's say every, you know within, just taking this presidential election everything Trump does they pick on every last little thing he does and they let Hillary get by with a obvious blatant felony where she had mm-hmm. uh, a subpoena she had a subpoena she destroyed information and said oh that was my wedding or my yoga my daughter's wedding baloney that is a felony it doesn't matter what your reasoning is to destroy evidence that's been subpoenaed by the fbi or the congress that is a felony and they let that slide while they're 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 worried about whether and and they're begging trump please don't answer the attacks against you stay on the big issue i've i've heard his speeches uh uh, Robert on, on, on TV uh, you know when they, they, they're cutting in for both candidates now the three cable networks usually are he's given the most substantive um, uh, campaign general election speeches I've ever heard on trade on immigration. These are really something so then he goes off and answers some of these charges or gets back on that that, that, uh, that I think despicable guy Khan who used his son's death, The guy that they they – you shouldn't be arguing with the force. Here's a guy who comes to this country 20 – or whatever it is, 20-something years ago, and now he's on a national stage waving the Constitution and an American presidential candidate saying, have you ever read it? When he promoted Sharia law, it turns out, in the 80s, and he's using the death of his son to step on the – what what a despicable character. But, of course, the media says that, 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 that Trump is despicable. And, of course, I know you say something else. And people who fall for
2: that, too, Jim. You're oh, paid. totally, So many people totally. fell
9: for that. Totally. And and the idea is, but see, the, the, they don't realize that in the background, who's supposed to be the referee, the five TV networks, most people still look at them in the news as the referee. They are the biggest warpers of what's going on on the planet. Until people see that, we got problems. Right now, they. I believe that, as I've said on other of your calls here and other call, uh, forums, Hillary has got about 20 percent in the polls. Trump has about 60 percent, and that's from the crowds. The crowds are so pathetic. You can go on YouTube and hit Trump crowds versus Clinton crowds. Hillary is not filling up high school uh, gymnasiums. She's filling them up to about one-fourth. But all the networks, including Fox, cooperate by putting the camera on her and the 30 or 40 people behind her. Same thing with Trump. So you can't see that Trump has – 8,000 inside and 7,000 waiting outside. And, of course, the media says these clouds mean nothing, baloney. Everything we can see with our eyes means nothing, and we've got to trust their black box uh, uh, 500 per- per- persons polls. I, I believe they paid people to make the calls, but then they just, in some cases, make up the results because what they're trying to do now is tell people that it's close and, oh, it could go either way. We're about to have up, and that's what i got to work on, on open letter to Donald Trump. We'll have one up called 40 Seconds to Victory for Trump, when I'm urging him to put in his speeches in the last month about these secret computer crack counts. After you get done the first five minutes, though, there's another 25 minutes that explain exactly what happens on election night. And we have three companies, ES&S, Heart, and Dominion, as we've covered on other calls, that count 96% of the vote. They have been hired by the brain-dead election officials in 99 percent counties, but there is where the investigation needs to be. Those three companies own the software. If they collude to fix the election, they can fix it any way they want, but it's got to be believable. Most Americans have never heard of these three countries. So I think that Pence um, did well last night. I I won't go into it here, but I'm not not happy – with some of his his slants seem to be a little bit different than Trump's. He seems more in the establishment line of wanting to uh, rev up tensions with Russia, and he seems to be um, – well, I, I I believe that the ISIS situation, like Trump and Rand Paul said, was created in effect by Obama and Hillary by leaving all that hardware behind and letting it fall into their hands. But, um, but on the domestic issues, Pence was great. His demeanor was great. I, am I the only one that thinks that Kane is a goof? I think that this guy Kane, uh Hillary, is a goof. The best tweet I saw. Oh my gosh! He,
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, I mean, I. I think Trump, she. I, I think picked, she. Um, I, th- I think she picked him. I mean, just because, and I think a lot of the uh, presidential candidates have been doing this lately, is picking somebody. You know, I mean, I mean, come on, look at Biden. They're picking yeah. so many people like, oh my gosh, I would not want that person to be president.
9: Exactly. Well, Kane Some the best tweet I saw, I think Trump passed it on in his thing. It, it said, uh, uh, Kane looks like a, uh, a, a one of the villains in a Batman movie." Now, that I thought was yeah,
2: best, he did. Oh yeah, they they, they, saw, they mentioned so
3: that.
9: Yeah. So anyway, no, I thought he his you know his he he certainly won the debate in uh, just because Kane was so he also did very good. On the pro-life thing, um, and, and 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 of course, Cain is a complete contradictory idiot. There, I mean, if I am a, if I have a, I don't know what. The heck, if I if I don't believe in Mohammed, I, I'm not part of the Islamic religion. I don't go and say I'm in. I'm I'm in the Islamic religion, but I don't believe in Mohammed. For him to say he's a Catholic and he's for abortion up to the tenth month, meaning up to partial birth abortion, uh, is just. Um, it's beyond. I don't know what to say about it. it it's it's beyond words that somebody uh, says there's something and then violates one of the main beliefs of uh, of, right. of the religion they say they're part of. Uh, but at any rate, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, I, you've probably made much more in-depth analysis of the debate. But mainly for Pence and Trump, to me, the main thing is that they attack these polls. They attack the networks. Trump is doing it to some extent. Challenge, and by that I mean challenge, What? prove to us your polls are scientific. You, you keep saying your polls are scientific. Prove to us. How do you do them? We're supposed to just trust that they're, they're doing them in this, this mysterious room that nobody can look in. And if, if they make it an issue, continue to make it an issue, that are we going to get a fair election count? If they continue to make that the issue, I don't think there's any tr- uh, question that Trump and Pence will win. But if, it, if, if there's not enough people doubting that, and they, they took the – one of these things came out and said 50 percent of the Trump supporters think the election is not – the election system is not safe. Now, that's their poll, but that's – when they put out a poll that favors our side, that's even more credibility, you might say, although, I, again, I, I challenge them to prove that any of them are scientific. But so, yeah, when they're – when they um, – what we – enough people are, are bringing up the fair count and – we don't want the election to be rigged, then I think those who could fix the machine, the three big companies, will have to back off, and those behind them, will have to back off and give us somewhat of a fair count. Although I, I truly believe, Robert, that in a honest, totally honest count, Trump would win in a landslide in all fifty states. People don't like Hillary. She's a dud candidate, even if she was like believed like I do, she's a total dud candidate. Did she G- canceled all her appearances till Sunday? There's no it's Wednesday. She's not gonna appear anywhere till Sunday. So
2: she's interesting. Sick. But she has some health problems.
9: Yeah, she has Well, she doesn't want to admit that because she's very sick, many say, she's at least sick. She doesn't have stamina, she's not appearing that alone could be used by the media to beat her over a head that she's not appearing anywhere. Uh, I mean, uh, so there's so many things. But anyway, so I, I did want to call in and, and and say hello, and that's my my take on things. But uh, yeah, even the even even CNN and MSNBC are saying that uh, everyone's saying that Pence won uh, won the debate, and of course Kane uh, to me and is and always has been from the first time I laid eyes on him, which was a few months ago a super goof. I mean I I I don't you know, I might not come off that great myself on television, I don't know. But I as an observer, um some people have gravitas and some people have uh, kind of command leadership present. To me, again, Kane is a super goof. That's all I can say.
2: Well, I appreciate the, your input, gentlemen. One of the things I, I would like to do, I mean, we're covering debates, and even if we have to do a special episode one night, I mean, I would really would like, especially the closer to the election, my gosh, maybe even the the Wednesday before, you know, or, or something of that nature, is I definitely, if you you know, if you have time, would like to have you on the show and, and even do a, an entire show on watching the vote, making sure that, you know, oh, yeah, we yeah, can no, do what we can, can that. too. Yeah, can I definitely want to because do I that. Find-
9: yeah, I find people are not focusing they they, they what they got to focus on is the three companies that count uh, over 90% of our vote <coughs> on their secret computer programs as some of the Bernie Sanders people have been saying who think that Sanders cheated and I do too they they they're saying you know they own the computers it's secret software and the the secretaries of state have all signed contracts and and the uh, county elections board to not look at the computer program. This is couldn't be more insane. It's actually illegal by three mm-hmm. Supreme Court decisions. And then who protects these companies? Who, who protects them? The five TV networks, New York Times, Washington Post. There's no investigations into these companies. I mean, this, this is a concentration of power that is unwholesome. But far from doing any investigating or raising any questions, they protect these companies to the point that we're most Americans, 98% of Americans probably have never even heard of them unless they're on the Internet. And then you have the final piece of national election pool that is owned by the five TV networks. They do all the exit polls on Election Day. Again, they keep it secret of how they do them. I know how unscientific it is because I've watched two of them, uh, and we could go into that. And then the three companies and or the counties that hire these companies pass the results on the national election poll on Election Night They they pass them on to the networks. The networks report them without question. Nobody has seen a ballot anywhere in the country to count it except for in five little counties in New Hampshire. So this is the situation. So right now we're not going to change the system barring a miracle between now and 35 days from now.
2: Unbelievable, only 35
9: days. Yeah, and if Trump, especially him and others, and we're going to raise it the best we can, raise the issue of are we going to get a fair count? We don't want them to rig the computers. Trump said in his speech in Michigan, or one of the speeches recently, I think it was Michigan. He Maybe he's saying it all of he Saying we got to watch the, the the polling places. We can't let them steal it from us. But they're trying be to be make a a racial. A... Yeah, they're trying oh, to yeah, make a that, racial issue out of it. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, that's the that's the reverse racism in the Democrats who act like uh, the 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 blacks and other other people minorities. Are too stupid to know on election day. is This is reverse racism, and I'm glad to see that that sheriff Clark. Do you ever see him on uh, Fox or anything? The guy from Milwaukee, sheriff. I think it's David Clark. He's the black sheriff. He's letting them have it. Larry Elder's yes, a up. black talk show, and Larry Elder's a black talk show host who's letting them have it. Larry Elder's very good, and this is reverse racism. All this stuff and acting like having to show a picture ID is uh, is racism this is this is totally absurd you've got to know who one of the started. <laughs> yeah you you've got to be uh you've you you've got to um uh you've got to know who's voting and make sure that only those who are eligible to vote if not you dilute the vote of all the people who are uh who, who are eligible and I believe that the re- the reason that the uh so many of these long lines happen on election day. In black areas, is you have um, people who are coming to to take advantage of same day voting, which which in itself is preposterous, but they're they're following the law, right now. I mean, it should be we should not have we should have make people register thirty days in advance like it used to be,
5: and and have all
9: kinds of public service announcements pe- reminding people. And if they're so disengaged they don't do it thirty days in advance, then oh well, you got to do it next time. But this idea that blacks or Chinese people or Hispanics can't register to vote in advance and all that is just reverse racism and and then you wouldn't have on election day i think the poor workers are trying to make sure that the people that come that day that they live in the neighborhood or whatever and that's what causes the long lines Uh, i don't believe i I, i'd be glad to be stand corrected but i would like to see somebody go and demonstrate that at any polling place in the united states that they're trying to stop people from voting as opposed to try to help them vote I don't. I, I don't believe it in the modern day that that happens, uh, I, you know, and, and, and anything other than the most rare of occasions. But I'd like to see somebody well, prove it last, by going to one.
2: Well, the last time I seen it, you know, at least it wasn't anywhere local. I don't think that I uh, seen it on the news where these uh, guys from you know, Black Panthers actually was, you know, standing at a debate, you know, or standing at a polling center uh intimidating people It's the last it's time last time I seen it I think
9: that yeah I think that was Philadelphia that Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah so so this anyway so this is yeah but we want to be sure that people are eligible to vote the democrats quite frankly win they they're the experts at, at retail fraud at at uh at getting people to vote twice at getting people to register to vote who don't deserve to vote and they keep coming with ballots back to Lyndon Johnson the democrats um keep coming up with ballots in these uh, elections when you have a, it's, you know, it's like close and they keep uh, uh, counting. The Democrats have won almost every one of those elections because they just, get, somehow it seems like ballots keep showing up till they win uh, they, when mm-hmm. you get to that point after the election is over and it's so close they can't tell what it is. And, uh, but I, I do blame, I do think that our Ohio Secretary of State John Husted is doing the best he can to make sure that only eligible voters vote while making it possible for everyone to vote. But again, he's with the other fifty Secretary of States being brain dead and letting the counties sign these contracts with the election the big three election companies that nobody's allowed to look at the software. There shouldn't even be software, of course. We should hand count them at the precinct. Right. But that is insane. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go I'll close by saying I'm gonna to go to the Hamilton County Board of Elections either this month or next month and try to engage them after I submit my questions in a conversation before cameras. On the way we're conducting elections, and and say that I hope that Hamilton County could lead the way back to some sanity. But when I I, I said what I was going to do, wanted to do, the with uh, some of the board looked more and more concerned, and the the chairman said, "Well, you can submit your letter. Okay. Well, there's also a public hearing part of each uh, each thing. So I think I want to submit my letter and talk to them a little bit in public. But we'll see what happens. So."
2: Yeah, definitely keep us posted on that. I really want to hear about uh, uh, hear about that, and definitely you know give us kind of a report on uh, on the show, and and uh, hopefully you'll be able to, to talk to them prior uh,
1: to this. this
2: election yeah, yeah, yeah. Month. No, no,
9: I, that's what I intend to do. I intend to go in on the thirteenth or whatever, and and. Uh... Maybe I'll submit my letters then, or if because I, we've been on a we're on a real fight to get on the air here locally, which is another story to get. Uh, but mm-hmm. but anyway, so listen, I, I'm I, hello to everybody, and just remember when we, I have a brother-in-law who owns a little bookshop, and he says people come in and say, "Oh my gosh, Hillary's beating Trump everywhere in the polls," and he says at times they've said that anyway. And some of the ones then Trump's coming up. But the main thing they're trying to do is try to make this look like a close race. But many people don't believe it is. Everything we can see is Trump, Trump, Trump. But he says to the people, well, do you believe the the main mainstream media? Oh, no, no, we don't believe them. They're, they lie. Well, then why do you believe these polls? These polls are determining the future of the world. Remember that. If they can convince everybody that it's close enough and, oh, at the last minute the computers say Hillary won – this is, you know, this is the city, the county, the state, the country, and the world that is at stake here. So uh, nobody can tell me that they haven't planted long ago. What happens is the media publicizes certain polls and only certain polls. And uh, they, I, when the whole world is at stake, nobody can convince me that they haven't possibly planted their people at all key places. And uh, I, I don't know. Again, on the other hand, I, I don't know if there's any independent polling group. That can take polls that that would counterbalance these, but I'm just saying there's every motive to warp these polls to convince people that uh, it's so close that whatever the computers say on election night, then that's it. And we real, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm with okay. Trump here. I don't know if we have another chance. If Hillary, Hillary gets in, the country they're, they're pushing their what I call Trotsky communism down our throats. They don't have the gun control. But there are going to be so many changes under Hillary, like there have been Obama. We may be not able to do this through constitutional means if if there's another four or eight years of this type of uh, uh, what I call tried to create communist uh, government masquerading as Democrats. I do have a comment,
8: if you guys are open to some more comments.
9: Please. Yeah, go ahead.
8: Uh, Yeah, so one night, I've just moved some more and I've been over here for a year and still didn't change it over in Idaho. But in order they have where you can vote by mail, I like that idea. You can just mail your ballot in or you can drop it in the mm-hmm. well they have Boston. you can drop it in oh, and what? then no. you don't have to worry about yeah, getting I like the that. vote. I like that idea. And I Oh, wait, I'm wait, wait, wait. You don't
9: have to wait, you don't have to worry about
8: what? Well, over here in Idaho I'm probably have to ask for one of those absentee ballots once I get changed over. Cause down in Idaho, you have to still go down to the polling place. I'm not even sure where that's at. If I get changed over in time, or or maybe I just still have got changed over by then. I'm just you know both by vote by mail but, and Oregon.
9: Yeah, but what did you say? If you both vote, vote by mail, what don't you have to worry about? You said you don't. Well, you don't have, you, to don't worry have
8: about. To, you don't have to worry about getting into the polling place, or if you're busy that day, and you just you can drop it in ahead of time, and then you know they count yeah, your then, vote on election okay. day.
9: Okay, but let me tell you, I mean, I I don't I don't I don't know you and I don't mean to insult you. But listen, that means your vote goes in and is out of public sight for anywhere from one week to 30 days that we cannot allow the ballots to leave the public site. The ballots need to be counted in each precinct before before the paper ballots leave the public site. Crooks the crooks that are try to steal countries and cities, whether it be Boss Hogg or the Rockefellers or whatever. They want always to take the ballots out of the public site, so mail- in ballots are a horrible idea. I mean they may be more convenient, mm-hmm, I agree with but they, they leave the public site for thirty days. that gives time to switch them the the um you remember the whole world is at stake here, even absentee ballots have to be would have to be should be treated in a very restrictive way. A person should need a doctor's Uh, Literally a doctor's note that they are sick Or they should need to prove that they're traveling that day And then they need to mail into a glass uh, Coffin-like big box in the middle of the city Guarded 24 hours a day for the last month By police and, and live streaming over the internet And anybody in the public can sit there and watch So make sure those ballots never leave that And then on election day they open that And they count all the absentee ballots Just like its own precinct But the the minute that, that 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 ballots leave the public site after they're voted, they got to stay in the polling place in the polling place. We then have problems. We then have openness to all this fraud. And so anyway, um, I, I just well, wanted to. Well, I, I made another comment.
8: I'm concerned about what you said too about this software, and then they're hold it and keep it close, so they can probe all and tell you whatever they want to tell you about whoever exactly. won. So
9: exactly, even
8: more more concerned about that.
9: Exactly. Now, I, wanted, I tell you, if he's on he can tell you, but he's done some tremendous research in the last month. And in Siskiyou County, where he is, he found that part of the contract with Siskiyou County for es from the company es is off limits to the public. They're calling it confidential from the public. So this is insane. This is like living in a tin horn dictatorship or a communist country. I don't know how many counties are that way, but I do know that... Professor Doug Jones of Iowa University warned about this in 2007 on the Jan Michelson show on, I think it was August 8th, because I was up there for, and on the show the same day, he was on the hour after that. So Robert, I'm going to have to go. I want to, I know you've probably got plenty of other people that want to comment and I will come on for that whole show. I got to get this video up because I'm, we're, Oh, also Robert, you're in Cincinnati. Trump is coming here next Thursday.
2: Huh. Next Thursday.
9: Uh, I'm mean, I'll, I'll Usually
2: I'll, Work late that night but I'll try to see if I can get that Changed I think
9: it's at the Bank center it opens at 430 And I think that uh, riding the wave Of Dave the the talk show host On Saturday night is trying to uh, Arrange a gigantic motorcycle Photo op where Trump comes And sits amidst uh, several Hundred motorcycles or or maybe even More uh, these bikers and they're Going to try to do a photo op that will go viral I hope they get it done because that photo op I think Would go viral
8: I have one other thing okay. I'd like to mention yep. uh, what happens if it comes out the election is stolen? What would anybody do about it? You know, but that's the only way out there
9: yeah, good- good question Roger Stone has said that there should be massive protests at the Hillary inauguration. If that happens, that we he says that we gotta say we do not have a government if you don't have honest elections, you don't have anything. And we have the right to say that now. Counting the votes in secret, that is illegal by three Supreme Court decisions. So if you go to openlettertodonaldtrump.com or electionnightgatekeepers.com, we have a tab on each website called Supreme Court Decisions. And the Supreme Court has said in three different cases that if you, you have – your right to vote consists of two parts, the right to cast a ballot and the right to know that your ballot was counted accurately. Those are the two parts. We're still casting a ballot, but we don't know in 99% of the country if it's counted accurately or not. So so we have the right – right now, since 1988, it can be said legitimately. We don't know whether we have a legitimate government or not. This is not right. This has been done by the by the background forces. I call it the shadow government. Some people don't think there is a shadow government, but I do. And, and they, they've snuck this over on the American people. And they're violating our right. And uh, in, in uh, the, the case in 1964, civil rights, uh, I think it was Westbury, W-E-S-B-E-R-R-Y versus Sanders, not Bernie Sanders, not another Sanders. Westbury versus Sanders, and it was tied in with civil rights. Justice Hugo Black said that if, um, if, the, if the right to vote is, is, uh, is, is ruined, then all other rights are illusory. And that's true, because we have to live under the rule, you might say, of those who are, who are put in by, by election. So we've got to demand an open count. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the, the better solution is for Trump to keep saying, I'm afraid they're going to rig it against me. We we're trying to get him to add in the word computer rigged against me, and we can't let him do that. And we—it's—it's yeah. it's too important. The whole country. If he will bring that up in every speech, and he is bringing it up to some extent, in in in, in but he's not using the word computer, then I think the powers that be are going to think we got to—we—we we can't. If—if if, if half the country thinks Hillary is put in by computer fraud, that defeats their whole system, because then they're under yeah. suspicion. They'll get all the computers kicked out. So that's my best solution to try to prevent uh, them Jimmy rigging. Uh, Hillary into the White House by computer fraud but uh but again remember all the things we can measure with our own eyes and they're a spontaneous like those online polls and the crowds everywhere go for Trump what we can't measure these po- polls from the five tv networks again run by a very tight knit group of people who I think cooperate on the news uh the the news in many ways and what they censor and what they report uh uh, you know, th- that is where we're getting all these polls that we cannot measure with our own eyes. Close on well, – I'm going to close again, Robert, my third time I'm going to close, just to <laughs> show you yeah. how crooked, how <laughs> crooked the five TV networks are. Let's remember two incidents and how it's handled, and people got to realize – Just because five networks are doing the same thing doesn't mean anything if they're all working together. Dan Quayle goes into a classroom. He was an Indiana boy like Pence. They did not trust him. The the New York, you know, big establishment, New York and D.C., did not trust uh, uh, Quayle. So he's getting near the time when Bush is going to, you know, 92 or whatever. And so Quayle uh, goes to a classroom and writes potato on the board with an E. Well, to this day, that's the main thing people think about because the media beat him over yeah. the head, beat him over the head. Well, was potato a wrong spelling? No, it was the secondary spelling in big dictionaries. It was in use years ago, and it was a, a, a correct but secondary spelling. O was normal. O-E was secondary. wasn't wrong. And they pounded Quail like he was the dumbest idiot in the face of the earth and blah, 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 blah.
1: blah. <laughs> right. uh, okay,
9: fast, fast forward to 2008. Near the election, like within two months of the election, Barack Obama stands up one night and says, I think we're going to be able to campaign in all 57 states, aren't we? Well, there's 50 – what American other than him would not know that there's 50 states, but there are – you know what? There are 57 of – 57 Muslim states in the world. So he makes that gaffe. Even if there weren't 57 Muslim states, he makes that gaffe, and the media acts like, oh, no big – Go on to the next thing. Go on to the next thing. They, they could have destroyed him with that one comment, but they didn't. But they did destroy Dan Quayle in many people's minds with him spelling potato correctly but using a secondary spelling. So, okay, Robert, keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again then, okay?
2: Yeah, definitely, and uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to do lunch as well. Uh, okay. So, good, good, or good, dinner, good. Yep. or whatever time we could find a find time to have a meal, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, if,
9: maybe we'll see each other at the Trump event, maybe. Especially if they do the motorcycle thing. So.
2: Okay. Yeah, that'll be great. I'll uh, I'll see what I can do with uh with my schedule. And see, yeah, I'd like to be able to get get down there. You know, maybe right, do some uh, man on the street interviews.
9: Yeah, you got to do eyewitnesses reports for your show here. So,
2: <laughs> okay, very go. Right. No, actually, that would be yeah, that'd be great. I think get get some more cards and that together. So, all righty. Well yeah. then, I uh, appreciate it, Jim, and let's definitely talk off air, off the air soon. Okay. And, okay. Uh, thank
9: so, you very much.
2: Oh, I appreciate. it. Thank you. Have a good night. And so, okay, what, what bye we're going to do is we are going to get. Uh, bye bye. See you, buddy. Uh, we are going to get back to. Uh, and, uh, thank you, Jim. And we are going to get. Uh, we are going to get Kelly in as well. Uh, but we are going to get back to our audio clips. But first, uh, let's go ahead and get some commentary on what they heard tonight from our guest. And, you know, I appreciate everyone's patience, uh, patience in letting him get, you know, all of his information out. Uh, I generally do give deference to our guests when they come in. And since he wasn't going to be able to stay with us for the remainder of the show, I wanted to go ahead and be able to keep him uh, on as long as he, you know, and have him talking as long as he, you know, he could. Uh, to get everything out that, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to tonight. So I really appreciate uh, you, the audience, patience as well as, uh, you know, our others on the line, and kind of especially guys and in, in you in the chat, uh, because, you know, I just wanted to get that uh, in. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, I think it's a lot of important information from him. So here's how we're going to do it, is we're going to uh, get some commentary from you folks, and then what we're going to do is uh, bring it, and then we're going to play our, our next audio clip. Uh, and then we're going to bring in Kelly, and Kelly will start in uh, with his comment on that audio. And we will get uh, more about the Washington vote from Kelly, and he's got some good uh, stories as well. But let's go ahead, and first how we'll do this is we'll take uh, in our roundtable discussion. We'll get some commentary here, uh, and I've got some texts coming in, so we may have to hurry up and bring someone in. We'll see. Uh, but we've got uh, – we'll go ahead and have David come in, and then Cindy, and then we'll bring it over to you uh Susan, and then uh, Gene, and then we do see others on the line. Push one on your number dial. We're ready to get in. I'll play that audio clip, and then we'll bring it to Kelly. First, let's go ahead and bring it back to you, David.
3: Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Jim really had some uh, fantastic uh, and very accurate comments, of course. Very appreciated. Uh, One recommendation. sounds like he's putting together a list of uh, some things that the Trump campaign really needs to be aware of. Um, I heard an excellent suggestion uh, today where they were talking about how the press never will show the actual crowd at a Trump event. They only focus on him at the podium, and and even though there's all kinds of press there, they never will span the crowd. And the recommendation was that the Trump campaign needs to place large LED screens right behind or right next to Donald Trump while he's speaking – and in other words, the Trump campaign themselves should um, film the actual gigantic crowd that he's speaking to, and then that way, if uh, if they place TV screens right next to him, then uh, that way the press can't avoid uh, trying to hide the uh, immense crowd. I thought if that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense, and that's a very simple fix. And uh, so if anybody has any opportunity to try to communicate, it sounds like Jim's putting together a a uh, really well-structured presentation to the campaign. Um, I, I will uh, certainly uh, mention that um, I, I believe I have access to the campaign. I know uh, some of the top people of the campaign and am working on a certain uh, specific task force for the campaign. So if you can certainly make sure that I can connect with Jim also, I'll pass his information to the people that I know for a fact uh, uh, are one or two levels away from Donald Trump, and vice versa. Uh, the more directions that that valid input like that gets to him, uh, the better. But um, I thought that was a clever idea is to show a projection of those crowds and just wanted to see if you guys think that makes sense also. Thank you very much. All
2: right, well, we're now in contact with Jim and see if, he, uh, you know, if he's okay with me giving out uh, his contact information uh, for you to give him a call and you guys can coordinate something together, certainly. And uh, and I will go ahead and get on that. But let's go ahead and bring uh, Cindy back in and then Susan and Jane, and then we're going to play the next audio. Then we're going to bring in uh, Kelly. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Cindy.
4: Who did you say? You, Cindy. Oh, Okay. Well, I don't have a whole lot to say. As I told you, I'm preparing for a hurricane here, so um, I'm trying not to get on the phone very much. But um, Jim, Jim is, as usual, so right dead on. And, yes, I'm with Jim. I believe there is a shadow government, and that shadow government is completely rigging our elections. I think the only thing propping them up is these false polls because if the polls were really accurate and really true the people would absolutely have a hissy fit when they see the final results after they uh, after they um count these fraudulent ballots oh well, no the ballots aren't fraudulent the counting is fraudulent and um <clears throat> and and when you if you could check into these i mean they've already been found out there's been a couple of court cases because they did find out that one candidate was getting counted, you know, three for every, you know, every um, like every 10 or every, every hundred, they would count an extra three or something like that. And it, and it, it, it was, it was proven, but then when they went to try to um, sue the companies to reveal their um, their program codes um, so that they could check how it was programmed to count, um, the courts did not um, decide with them. The courts said, no, you can't do that. We've got um, patent issues. You know, there's um, just copyright issues and all there, okay? Um, so as Jim was saying, that is what you call an unfair election. When you have no way to know for sure that your vote was counted and counted accurately and that your neighbors was counted and counted accurately. If you don't have a way of doing that by the courts, by recount, whatever, then you don't have a fair election. And I'm afraid that that, that is what they're planning on doing. Well, it is what they're planning on doing. I'm not just afraid that they're going to, I know that they're going to. And, um, but what I'm afraid of is that we will lose this election because of it and because they have fraudulently told the people with fraudulent polls they're so close, okay, they're neck and neck. Well, I'm sorry, but um, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that, but that's what a lot of sheeple will think, that it's really close, even Republican sheeple are going to think that it's really close. I know around here, talking to people, watching our elections, our local elections, I know how far ahead Trump is here in this county. Okay, I can only get a feel for the rest of the counties in Florida, and as I told Dave earlier, um, my feeling is that he's ahead here um, by a good bit. But I can't prove it because I'm not in that county um, messing around in their REC, you know, seeing what they're doing and and taking, you know, individual polls and stuff like that. So I don't know for sure. But if Florida, who's supposed to be a swing state, is this much for Trump, um, what does that mean for Ohio, Pennsylvania, Utah, some of the other ones that uh, sometimes – we can call swing states, okay? Um, when when we don't get in a fair election, what are we going to do, okay? I, and I and I think it was I forget who who posed that question a little while ago. Um, it might have been Gene. What do you do when you don't get a fair election? Well, <laughs> you do like George Washington did in 1775. And you pray, and you you hope that you know the people will pray, and you hope that the people will decide to protect their freedoms okay um, when when washington even before Washington was our president, he was known as a man who didn't do anything rash, okay? He did not do anything rash. All of his decisions were were prayerfully considered, and he was actually um, described by many people as a very humble, very peaceable, very gentle man, okay? And yet, at the point where they finally decided that they were going to go to war, in order to free themselves from the tyrants in England. When he made that decision, it was a, it was a very somber decision. And, and what we need to do, what we're facing, is a very somber decision. If this doesn't come over right. Now, I'm looking at the type of people who made that decision back in 1776. And I'm looking at the type of people that are faced with that decision here in 2016, and I see no resemblance. I see a very small minority of people who have been brought up tough enough to actually survive a revolution or actually um, decide to have a revolution. Um, And and as Jim stated – if we get another four years of this kind of governance that we've had in the last eight years, actually in the last uh, 10 years, okay, if we have another four years of that, there won't be a constitutional way to stop it or change it or reverse it. The the only way is the way that the people did back then. And, you know, Washington – had all his troops read um, Common Sense by Thomas Paine. If anybody has ever read Common Sense by Thomas Paine, you know it is not easy reasoning. It is not easy reading. And I'm looking at our present-day military, and I'm wondering if they could even read that book, let alone philosophy that came with it, okay? Do we have the kind of military that, that can understand the importance of what we're faced with? do Do we have a military that thinks on its feet or are they just rotely obeying whatever their uh, obama appointed generals lieutenants captains are are asking them to do okay um when you look at how Obama has decimated our l- military leadership uh, either forcing the firing or forcing the early retirement of hundreds of um, top brass. And then when you see how much has decimated our our military spending, our, our military is just weak and inadequate, completely inadequate, um, you, you have to wonder, can we even do it uh, through revolution? I'm not sure that we can do it either way. So I'm not sure that this nation will ever again be uh, considered a free nation with 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 a with a um, a bill of rights. That's my opinion. I'll leave it with you guys. To (laughs) I know that's I'm I'm the pessimistic one here on Bard's logic. (laughs) I I have a very dim outlook for our future. Um, You guys can maybe shore me up and. Give me some
2: assurance. Let's go. Oh, and let, and let's go ahead and cheer. And let's go ahead and cheer up, Susan, and you too, Gene. And then we're going to play that next audio. Uh, we're still only about halfway through the show, so we do got plenty of time. Uh, probably get through most of it and get our commentary for those listening now live or listening to the podcast. And who came to the show? You want to hear about the debate and uh, hear some commentary on it? Uh, we still uh, have plenty of time to do that. So uh, let's see, Susan, do you have any comments? Uh, and then, Jane, we'll play that audio, and then we'll break, uh, get Kelly in.
5: Um, no, I can't cheer her up. Um, Bill Clinton is upset with Hillary, according to World Net Daily. She's effing over oh, the I FBI. How... To...
4: I knew you what? weren't going to cheer me up, Susan. I knew you weren't going to cheer me up.
5: <laughs> <laughs> She's effing over the FBI. How stupid is that? Clinton roared into the phone. He had learned about Hillary and, uh, and the, you know, the she was cracking jokes about the scandal election. And uh, she said, I love Snapchat. Those messages disappear by themselves. But Bill wasn't laughing, according to the 20-something intern who says she witnessed the trouble <laughs> former president. Uh, the ex-president maintains close relationships with young library interns with him inviting him up to his, <coughs> his penthouse at the library for wine and, mess and massages. She said he satisfies about hosting naked pool parties on the roof of the library. Well, I don't think that'll cheer Cindy up either. <coughs> <coughs> well, might cheer me time. up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go
1: ahead.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Not he here. <laughs> <rest> <laughs> massages.
2: Oh, it's not Barnes of the logic ever. Go ahead.
5: Okay, so anyway, she said, it's exciting to touch him that way. But anyway, she was doing that, and uh, the woman couldn't understand. She said, well, I'm on Snapchat. Everybody is. So he made another phone call, and that's when he said, she's effing over the FBI, and you and I need to talk. The man who arrived was one of Clinton's oldest trusted advisors, and they had some wine together, and he advised him, to, um, to get help Because he, he read him a list of indictments And uh, uh, She needed to obtain some discovery To figure out where the probe was headed uh, It will blindside you, the advisor said And there's a problem with their campaign Bill has to have it Has to be a major component for it to work but the problem was Bill and Hillary are getting further and further apart. When he talks to her about policy and politics, she rolls her eyes and checks messages on her blackberry. She that eye rolling seems to be quite familiar on that comment about her. She doesn't like how Bill's treated like a rock star, and she has to work hard to create enthusiasm. Bill walks in a room, and men light up in his presence, women swoon. They do. Okay, the <laughs> well, Hillary, the well, Hillary has to scream to get attention. I guess I would be surprised if men swooned over Hillary, uh, but anyway. Um, so Bill decided to bushwhack, as the as the term they use. Loretta Lynn. We won't at, even go there. At, at oh okay on the tarmac and. Uh, he told the plane that was, she was about to land, and his plane was about to take off. He said, hold it. So he met with her half an hour, and uh, he wanted to intimidate Loretta and discredit Comney's investigation of the email. The advisor was on the plane, so Clinton told him later, beads of sweat, on Lynch's upper lip, as she and her husband listened to him. And... Um, uh, he sent a message that Hillary has a power base that includes the full weight of the Clinton machine, Democrat Party, and the White House. And he he said he could tell that she knew she made a huge mistake, trembling nervously, her husband trying to comfort her. And just one week after their meeting, Cromey told the nation that Hillary and her aides had been careless in their handling of sensitive, highly classified information. But the FBI would recommend no charges against the former Secretary of State. So it isn't like she's very popular with her own husband. Not just <clears throat> physically but um well, mentally we knew that. <laughs> obviously <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but obviously mentally either because uh he he just said she was stupid and she don't listen to him. And so, um you know, I don't think that's good news either, that she's got the full weight of the White House and everything behind her, the Clinton machine. Yay. Uh yeah, all those women that love Bill must be behind him. <laughs> oh, I know. We're he's behind them uh, anyway.
2: Uh, so Gene, well, so Gene, before we before we turn that get out of control here, before Bard's logic, after Dark, uh, let's go. <laughs> and uh, if you got anything to uh, to add to that, and then I do want to get to our audio clips, and then get Kelly in so we can get his uh, you know, hear from Kelly as well. So go ahead, Gene.
8: I was listening to what. Uh, Cindy had to say, I would have to agree with that. And I was thinking about if we did somehow have a, a revolution, who would help us? Because in the last one, as I recall, that France helped us, would would, if, would Russia help us, would Putin be our best friend, or who would help us out if somehow we had enough people that, that woke up and you know, election was, realized the election was fixed. And a lot of people, I don't think that, Realize what's going on. We have a lot of sheep in this country. I I think that's some of my main thoughts.
2: Let's go ahead and, uh, thank you, Gene. Let's go ahead and, because we're, we're a little bit past the bottom of the uh, half of the show. So let's go ahead and then play this, and we'll get uh, Kelly's take. And let's bring it back to the trustworthiness. Of Hillary Clinton. And that was uh, the question from the moderator. I'd like to make some comments on her tonight if that's, you know, if we have time. Uh, and You might not be what you think. Uh, so here's the audio.
0: Senator Kane, on the campaign trail, you praise Secretary Clinton's character, including her commitment to public service. Yet 60% of voters don't think she's trustworthy. Why do so many people distrust her? Is it because they have questions about her emails and the Clinton Foundation?
6: Elaine, let me tell you why I trust Hillary Clinton. Here's what people should look at as they look at a public servant. Do they have a passion in their life that showed up before they were in public life, and have they held on to that passion throughout their life, regardless of whether they were in office or not, succeeding or failing? Hillary Clinton has that passion. From a time as a kid in a Methodist youth group in the suburbs of Chicago, she has been focused on serving others with a special focus on on empowering families and kids. As a civil rights lawyer in the South with the Children's Defense Fund, First Lady of Arkansas and this country, Senator, um, uh, Secretary of State, it's always been about putting others first. And that's a sharp contrast with Donald Trump. Donald Trump always puts himself first. He built a business career, uh, in the words of one of his own campaign staffers, off the backs of the little guy. And as a candidate, he started his campaign with a speech where he called Mexicans rapists and criminals. And he has pursued the discredited and really outrageous lie that President Obama wasn't born in the United States. It is so painful to suggest that we go back to think about these days where an African American could not be a citizen of the United States, and I can't imagine how Governor Pence can defend the insult-driven, selfish, me-first style of Donald Trump. Uh,
0: Governor Pence, let me ask you. You have said Donald Trump is, quote, thoughtful, compassionate, and steady. Yet 67% of voters feel he is a risky choice, and 65% feel he does not have the right kind of temperament to be president. Why do so many Americans think Mr. Trump is simply too erratic?
7: Well, let me let me say first and foremost that uh, uh, Senator, you and Hillary Clinton would know a lot about an insult-driven campaign. And it really is remarkable at a, at a time when, literally, in in the wake of Hillary Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State. Where she was the architect of the Obama administration's foreign policy, we see entire portions of the world, particularly the wider Middle East, literally spinning out of control. In the situation we're watching hour by hour in Syria today is is a result of the failed foreign policy and the weak foreign policy that Hillary Clinton helped lead in this administration and create. Uh, the new, newly emboldened the aggression of Russia, whether it was in. Ukraine, or you, now their you
6: heavy-handed approach? You, you, you their heavy-handed have, approach? You, you both have said
7: Vladimir Putin, Putin
6: is a better hangover. Russia, Putin
0: Russia Putin. in just a moment, uh, but I do want to get back to the but president. But in
7: the midst yeah, Alain, but, thank, you, but, thank you. Thank but, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Senator. I should praise yeah. Vladimir Putin as a yes, great
0: leader. How can they that, Senator? We do have that coming up here, but in the meantime, the question... I must have hit a nerve here, because
7: at a time of great challenge in the life of this nation, where we've we've weakened America's place in the world, stifled America's economy. The campaign of Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine has been an avalanche of insults. Look, to to get to your question about trustworthiness, Donald Trump has built a business through hard times and through good times. He's brought an extraordinary business acumen He's employed tens of thousands of people in this country and, and, and paid new taxes and
0: lost a
9: billion dollars a
0: year. But so why the disconnect with your running mate?
7: But there's a, there's a reason why people question the trustworthiness of Hillary Clinton, and that's because they're paying attention. I mean, the reality is when she was Secretary of State, Senator, come on, she, she had a, a Clinton Foundation accepting contributions from foreign governments. You, and
6: you, you are, are Donald Trump, uh, Trump's don't. apprentice. Uh, uh, let, let me talk about this. Senator, I think, I, I think state I'm state still on my time. Well, I think, our, isn't this a
7: discussion? This right. a, it's it's a, a Senator, let's talk well, about this. Well, let, me, let, government government. Me let me interrupt you. and no. finish my sentence if I can. Finish. The Clinton Foundation accepted foreign contributions from foreign governments and foreign donors, while she was secretary okay, of State, now I can wait. she had
6: a private now, no, server just a that just I that was discovered. He that pay Please, to play uh, process. Governor, Governor, Pence, Governor Pence doesn't think the world's going so well. And he, you know, is going to say it's everybody's fault. Do you? Well. Um, let well, me tell you this: When
2: Hillary, well, like when Pence said, <clears throat> well, like when Pence said, uh, he said, you know, he, he don't think the world's going too well, and. And the best, would do you, and of course, you' seen there was a perfect example of Kane just continually interrupting Pence when he was trying to talk uh, you know so and, and I found some of the uh you know some of the things fascinating, uh but we'll, we'll get uh Kelly's take uh, on that, and I want to uh, get yours as well uh so let's go just ahead notice, and bring in Kelly Kelly thank you very much. That,
4: wait before Kelly, wait, wait, wait wait, just noticed how. He tried to keep – They as soon as he started talking about that money coming in, that foreign money coming in, they immediately, both of them, started interrupting him. He gets them back yeah. on point again, and again they interrupt him. Just notice that. Go ahead, Kelly.
2: Kelly, you're Hello. on. Uh, thank you for your patience. Welcome to the show.
10: Well, thank you, Robert. Hey, uh, I had an amazing <clears throat> discovery about the ocean recently. Uh Uh-oh, here comes another one. Here comes another one. Well, you know, the swordfish has uh, no natural enemies except one. You know, the amazing, powerful, glorious swordfish, the sharks don't bother them, the orcas or killer whales don't bother them, but there is great fear, the swordfish has, of another fish. The mighty penfish. Oh. Yeah, end of my than the sword.
1: Okay. Anyway.
10: Oh, Cindy, you nailed know me right away. Oh, here comes another one. Yes, right. I, I, yeah, I heard. I heard it
4: coming.
10: I
1: it. <laughs> Well, <laughs> when I open my
10: mouth, is that how
2: when you?
1: <laughs>
2: okay.
1: <laughs> anyway.
2: All
1: right. So, um, what well, I, uh, oh, no, I just wanted the...
2: to make a, a comment on that. But remember, folks, we should be real quick. We should trust, and according to Mike King, uh, I'm sorry, Jim King, we need to trust Hillary Clinton because she's passionate. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, we should
10: trust. You know, if it comes down to guns, I'm in the corner, guns at my head, Hillary or Trump, I'd say, well, let me think about this. Hillary's killed a bunch of people, zero. So I think about a vote for somebody that's less likely to kill me or somebody else. And, In fact, the um, the election uh, groups I've been working with, um, Sean Rich or yeah, Sean Richards, I believe, young kid who leaked, leaked to WikiLeaks. Um, but yeah, there's electronic election fraud in the Hillary camp, and he ended up dead. That was number one. We're up to nine now. That's just in this election cycle. Of course, you know you got the Clinton list from Arkansas. Wow. Um, so one one, now, one
2: election cycle.
10: Yeah. So Mr. Kane is supporting a known murderer. Okay, fine. What's that say about Mr. Kane? And of course, the failed policy in the Middle East. Good point. Somebody pointed out both the moderator and Kane are like, what,
1: what it, it, you know,
10: you know, in it's I didn't see the debate, but I, from that clip, I could hear he handled it very graciously yet firmly. Um, one of the times, I'd like to say, can I interrupt the interruption? <laughs> you know. It's just so amazing how I've seen uh, some people in politics just gra- gravitate to the interrupt, take control, control the narrative, control the narrative. Yeah, NPR, if you listen to them every now and then, control the narrative. Sorry, us libertarians, we just don't like that first word in control the narrative. So, yeah, you know, basic tricks here uh, fighting, desperate, desperate fighting. Um, from what I'm hearing, uh, Pence one, it sound like. And uh he uh has a certain graciousness about him. That's pretty cool. Um so boy, it's gonna be I think are the VP's gonna have another one or is it just a one shot deal?
2: No, yeah, this was it. Yep. This was the only uh yeah, as I said, this is the only uh V P debate and gosh after this one I would have liked to see more. But yeah, this is the only VP Uh oh. Uh a VP debate. Uh that they're gonna have uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, okay.
10: Well yeah, you know, um Pence, you know, on the first heard of him, Pence who Pence Who? Who's Pence? Who okay, governor of Indiana?
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting
10: Trump picked a uh, a conservative type. I mean that's uh, Midwestern Bible Belt there, Indiana, and uh um I heard Pence's Tea Party, so maybe he strategically you know Trump's kind of a moderate, but does things differently. And then he's picking Pence, who is more of the conservative side. Um, you know, I I wouldn't mind if he picked Ben Carson, actually, as a VP. I thought that would have been pretty darn cool. But um, anyway, so as we have it, okay, we I mean, got we got the Pence guy. Um, yeah, I I hope um, I hope Trump comes out. I hope Trump. Stands up for himself next time. I mean, he didn't look very good last yeah. election uh, or last debate. Um, and what I'm hearing from other people, Kane was just like a baby and a brat. And
1: <laughs> he, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, he
10: did. He looked like a baby. But I, I have to admit, okay, so what's, you know, hearing from a number of places, I think even one commentator on CNN, uh, Pence won the debate. Now, I, I will admit this just straight up. I think I think Hillary won the first debate. Um, you know, I'm still thinking Gary Johnson or even independent or who knows some other stuff. Oh, by the way, I got some news on the uh, kind of what Bernie Sanders voters are going to do. This is real interesting. Uh, if I can continue,
2: go ahead, Kelly. Yes. It doesn't sound like anyone stopping you.
10: <laughs> okay. You know, I'm I'm going uh watch the vote election integrity going to a conference this weekend. Connecting with a lot of Bernie folk. You know, I like Bernie Sanders people. I really do. It's a lot of to follow them individually. And in conference calls and this and that, did a uh, video cast last night with Election Justice, really good group. Um, I like these people. Now, where are they going to go? Well, you we look back at what happened in 2012. Where did the Ron Paul people go? Because they got so disenfranchised in 12, A lot of them didn't vote. Or they left oh, yeah. the party. You know, I wrote in Ron Paul in 12. So I just, I don't want the Romulan. And so the Bernie Sanders folks, they're seeing the electronic election fraud problems. This is bad. They saw how, you know, right now, if if it was an honest election, Bernie Sanders should now be the Democratic uh, candidate. And I believe that. I can't prove it definitively, but I've seen enough to have that belief. I've talked to other people. I've some clients that are Bernie folk. They're like, yeah you know, they see it. A whole bunch of people know about this like fraud. But so they're, they're disenfranchised just like the Paul folks were. And then when Romney, the Romney lost to Ububu, um they they uh the Republicans pointed their fingers at the Ron Paulers. I mean pointed is mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to a sheriff about something local in his office and then he says, Well it was uh this because Ron Paul went independent is why Romney lost. What? He did not go independent. He stayed Republican. Looking in the face, like, "Whoops! Somebody lied to me." Yeah, um, and so there's a lot of pressure right now on the Bernie folk, and Bernie, the Bernie Sanders people have, um, well, they don't like Hillary. Okay, they really don't. Some of them make jokes about her. Okay, and they're frustrated with Trump. Some are thinking about Trump. Yes, no, but there's other options. There's Jill Stein, Gary Johnson, um, and the fourth option is they really hate They you don't know, like hillary you got trump johnson stein and the fourth one is to write in bernie sanders that might sound crazy and ludicrous we tried that in 12 um but if they get one state they will have electoral college voters and they are organized and I'm i'm stunned at how well they're organized and connected and gathering, and it's absolutely stunning. They might actually get one state, which would be a unique anomaly in the last, I'd say, fifty years, where the R's and D's dominate. Yeah, but it's it's really an interesting scenario. Of course, they're, they're going to have to be careful with that because a vote for, um, well, <laughs> a vote for Johnson Stein or riding right with Bernie Sanders is, is a vote taken away from Hillary. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing, but if Hillary all of a sudden, I mean, the scenario could come out to this. If Hillary has another collapse and she resigns after, you know, after the election and it was a close race and you've got the electoral college neck and neck plus a third group of electors and somehow, uh, Trump gets assassinated or some people are claiming they might be taking him down somehow. I don't know how. All of a sudden, you know, you got all these electoral college people with an exclusive toll group from one state. Now it could go to Congress or the Electoral College can meet under the circumstances and say, Well, there's nobody else eligible because Trump's out, Hillary's out, Bernie Sanders does have, uh, people from Electoral College. It's a very unique situation. And they're they're working on it. And of course they're getting um flack. I was talking to one lady last night, late like, and and they're they're getting flack if if because they're not gonna vote for Hillary. They're getting pressured, they're getting manipulated, um just like back in twelve. Well you gotta vote for Because we don't want Obama. Look, Romney lost the election himself by doing this crap to Ron Paul.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Rich, the GDP, you know
10: yeah. Yeah. You know what they did, yeah. Yeah. And if you look at it, 2012, and now it looks like the same playbook. It's pretty spooky. Um, Oh, but luckily for us with election fraud, some European organization that's kind of UN-backed, is going to help us with our election somehow. Yeah, thank you. Who asked? Oh, wait a minute. Might that have been a Secretary of State several years ago and this was set up clandestinely? Who was Secretary of State a few years ago? I'm trying to remember her name things out with uh, that Billy boy um, yeah that guy that says chocolate covered cherries um, <laughs> or it depends upon what is is I, I don't know that for right. a while but I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if the Secretary of State back then just conveniently was setting stuff up on the side so some electronic uh, company that helped watch the villain America yeah just uh, interesting coincidence here Anyway, <laughs> it's only suspicion right now, but it went I on that. Oh, what do you know? I'm not surprised. So, yeah, it's, it's a bizarre thing. We can talk about election fraud. What we can do, by the way, I'll watch the vote, um, USA.com. Watch the vote, USA.com. We've got the strategy for getting to a grand jury in other states. It's got about six hours writing. this about four pages, four and a half pages, but, uh Explain explains some things, and then here's how you can do it. The key to get through the gatekeepers of your county district attorney is gather, uh, well, number one, get the evidence. Number two, write the petition. Number three, you and my 15, 20 friends go knock on the district attorney's door. Hello, district attorney. I want to get in front of the grand jury. Here's my petition. And by the way, here is Susie Johnson from the local press. She's here to see if you're going to let the right of petition be exercised so that this gentleman gets in front of the grand jury. Where are you going? By the way, I have been before a grand jury. I think I told you guys that. How would that happen? I asked. What do you know? Um, but in other states, it's a lot different from California. But the, if you want something to do expediently after the elections, if things are all awry, just look that up on uh, probably grand jury power. Um, Other locations on the uh, the WatchTheVoteUSA.com website. Um, And Election Justice, too. They, like, they're a little, well, they're they're nonpartisan, but they're definitely Bernie. But um, they posted that, too. So it's beautiful to see the left, the right, the upside down coming together to have an honest election. And what can we do about it? The, The Bernie folk, I mean, they're just amazing because they got so many other ideas how to how to watch the vote, how to check the vote. There's a conference this weekend again in California. It, it's it's absolutely stunning. Um, so maybe we'll have an honest election. Um, yeah, I just Jim said a, a big mouthful, but we do have to get rid of these electronic systems and replace them with something else. So we, you know, my prediction, you know, like it or not, Trump's going to win. If it's an honest election. Um, unless something big says so something really stupid in the next thirty three days. But if it's an honest vote. If it's not an honest vote, what in the world do we do then? How much chaos, pandemonium? I it's it could be a just a disaster. If we're not, and, we're and, let's go,
2: and that's definitely going uh, that, to be a program for, gosh, I can't believe, only 35 more days. That's only maybe three, possibly four shows, so let's produce some special editions. Uh, but we do see it's almost the top of the hour, which means we are almost in uh, Bard's Logic uh, After Dark. It's what we lovingly call it, but it is uh, technically the extended period. So if you don't call in at 347-945-7428, you will not be able to listen to the extended period. You will need to do that within the next three minutes in order to get in. And uh, because we, you know, spend a lot of time on, uh, and that's okay, it's the organic na- nature of the show, uh, but, you know, we are, you know, I know folks coming in, whether live or a listen to the archive or the podcast, you know, wants to hear more of the debate if they missed it. And want to, you know, get some grassroots commentary on it. We're going to kind of do a rapid fire uh, through these audios and just get some brief comments for those who want to make comments. And so we'll just kind of uh, chime in as we hear it, not as we hear it, because obviously we want uh, the people to hear the audio. Uh, but afterwards, we'll kind of do it that way because, my gosh, could you believe it? This is uh, another one of those shows we probably could have gotten a fourth hour in, uh, maybe one day. Uh, but, you know, we got, we got a lot of material here, and we have, unfortunately, less than an hour before I'd have to close things out for the night. So one of the other things they talked about, uh, we're going to just kind of do some rapid fire and make some brief comment on these. Uh, was the VD, uh, VD. God, why do I keep saying it? VD? This is terrible. Uh, I'm talking about the, well, it's VP debate. Is, so I guess, you know, I'm skipping the P. Uh, but any, wow, well, just get to the audio clip, Robert. Let me go ahead and just play this uh, clip about the I'm security. You're
6: entitled to the last thing I want to ask Governor Pence. I do. Governor Pence had to give Donald Trump his tax returns to show he was qualified to be vice president. Donald Trump must give the American public his tax returns to show that he's qualified to be president, oh, uh, uh, and he's yeah. breaking his
7: promise. Elaine, I have to respond to
6: this. You get
0: very I mean, little yeah, time. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be,
7: I'll be very respectful. Look, Donald Trump has filed over 100 pages of financial disclosure, which is what the law requires. But he said he would release a tax The American can review that, and he's going... Senator, All right, he's going to release I tax to tax the R- Richard 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 tax returns when, when
6: under under audits, tax made, tax. Gentlemen, the audit is over. Richard, Senator, if the tax returns when he's under audit, you
0: can't meet the Nixon standard. The people at home cannot people understand to have to either one of you <laughs> when you speak over each other. I would please ask you to wait until it is that the other is finished.
6: All right, Senator, we're having fun
0: okay, up here. On um, The issue of Social Security. In 18 years, when the Social Security trust funds run out of money, you'll be 76. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget estimates your benefits could be cut by as much as $7,500 per year. What would your administration do to prevent this cut? First, we're going
6: to protect Social Security, which was one of the greatest programs that the American government has ever done. It happened at a time when you would work your whole life, your whole life, raising your kids, working, being a little league coach or a Sunday school teacher, and then you would retire into poverty and Social Security has enabled people to retire with dignity and overwhelmingly not be in poverty. We have to keep it solvent, and we will keep it solvent, and we'll look for strategies like adjusting the payroll tax cap upward in order to do that. Here's what Hillary and I will not do, and I want to make this very plain. We will never, ever engage in a risky scheme to privatize Social Security. Donald Trump wrote a book, and he said, Social Security is a poverty scheme, and privatization would be good for all of us. And when Congressman Pence was in Congress, he was the chief cheerleader for the privatization of Social Security. Even after President Bush stopped pushing for it, Governor, Congressman Pence kept pushing for it. We're gonna stand up against efforts to privatize Social Security, and we'll look for ways to keep it solvent going forward, focusing primarily on the payroll tax cap. Governor Pence will give you an opportunity to respond.
7: Well, uh, thanks, Elaine. Uh, there they go again. Okay. All all Donald Trump and I have said about Social Security is we're going to meet our obligations to our seniors. That's it. Go read the book. We've said we're going to meet the obligations of Medicare. Uh, That's what this campaign is really about, Senator. And I get this is. This is the old scare tactic that but, they roll that's out. But you system. have a voting record, and, and I get all of that. I, I, I just, look, I, I, there's a question that you asked a I bit can't earlier, believe you, have you to won't defend to. your own voting record. I have to go back to. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, you're running with Hillary Clinton, who wants to raise taxes by a trillion dollars, increase spending by two trillion dollars, and you say you're going to keep the promises of Social Security. Donald Trump and I are going to cut taxes...
6: We're going you're, you're, to you're not
7: meet the obligations of Social Security and Medicare. All right. If we stay on the path that your party has us on, we're going to be in a in in a mountain range of debt, and we're going to face hard
6: choices. Gentlemen, yeah, yeah, I, I, I want,
0: want, want to move she did on now. ask this
6: question about debt, and the debt explosion on the Trump plan is much, much bigger than anything on the Clinton side. All right,
0: let me move so on me now. I'm
2: well, then interrupting with even kind of driving me nuts, but it also gives you more of a flavor uh, of, of how it was last night uh, coming from Kane. So, uh, tell you what, we don't do this often, but we're just going to have some, uh, because we are going to do kind of rapid fire, uh, so folks who did not listen to the debate or see the debate can uh, hear some of this audio. Uh, whoever wants to make comment on that, just chime in and I'll get you in. Nobody?
5: Uh, Robert? Yes? Uh, I'm going to be getting off here in a minute. Um, so I just can't get going. But I had something more for Cindy. Okay. <laughs> She's going to love me. <laughs> okay. She's working on it. I have a, a quote from Winston Churchill. If you will not okay. fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed. If you will not fight when your victory is sure and not too costly. You may come to the moment when you will have to fight with all the odds against you, and only a precarious chance of survival. There may even be a worst case. You may have to fight when there is no hope of victory, because it is better to perish than to live a slave. Okay. Yeah. No, well, that's serious. The... Um, somehow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: Well, you know, and and like I said before. America has become a totally wimpy nation. Now, I want to say something about that Social Security question they brought up. Um, Every day, every year, excuse me, every year at tax time, it is being proven that privatized um, retirement works better than government retirement. Okay? Everybody who has anything left after the government siphons off, Half of our Way income. Of putting okay? it. Anybody that's got anything left puts it into an IRA, a stock, you know, some kind of stocks if they're good at stocks, or they, you know, get a a, a uh, what do you um, um what's the other
1: bonds. Um, uh, anyway,
4: yeah, all the things that we do through the private pri- private banking or private um, investments. Um, people who put their money back into their company. All of these people make a better return, a much better return on their dollar than they do with the dollars they put into the bottomless pit of the social security system. You look at what the government, you know, you get, you get a little statement from the government every now and then it tells you what you're going to get as a check every month, okay, when no, I look at curious. that, exactly. Now, when I my my um my husband's mother is a perfect example of this. Her husband was a fairly successful interior designer in Charlotte, North Carolina. He was actually he wouldn't go all over the country doing people's homes because he had a good enough reputation. Okay, he had enough money. Now, this is not a huge; it's his own business but this is not a, a huge corporation. He didn't have thousands of people working for him, but he had enough money to invest in some things. Okay. I'm not even sure what exactly he invested in, but he did. When he died, he left um, Frankie, his his wife, millions of dollars. Okay. Now, <clears throat> what does she get from his social security? <laughs> Jack, okay. I'm just gonna tell you, Jack. What she she lives off of the interest from her from from what he accumulated for her. Just the interest is bigger than her social security check. Okay, that is a perfect testimony to how much more successful we would be if we had privatized retirement. Get the government out of it because the government will siphon off and steal at least 80% of what you put in there. They're just going to steal it right out from under you. It will not be invested properly. It's going to pay for other things that they are trying to Mm -hmm. spend money on, like $6 billion that Hillary just totally blew off somewhere into space. We don't even know where that is. It goes to paying – hundreds of billions of dollars to Muslim nations who hate us, it goes to all kinds of crap. Like It goes to buying into um, propping up Solyndra when it's a failing company. It goes into failing banks, failing car companies, failing this and failing that, okay, because everything's too big to fail, right? So
1: mm-hmm.
4: when they're taking all of our social, well, they even created
2: money. a new government entity to uh, to monitor which Bob, uh, which we're uh, no, I'm sorry, which industries or which businesses are too big to fail?
4: Right. Okay. Well, and again, they're spending millions on that too. So when you look at how they are stealing fr- the retirement from the people and using it for their own benefit, you can see where Pence has the. The, and And Trump have the better idea, and yet they can come on national television and and use that as an insult that he would choose privatization of your retirement and call it a big huge um uh, it, uh <laughs> it's a big risk okay it's a huge risk go into privatize. Okay. How much how much risk can it be? I mean, even if you failed really big at it, you'd still make more than what the government is do giving you for social security. So, yeah. You know, I wish that Trump would bring this out. He just I'm just thinking of all those missed opportunities in the last election. I'm thinking of missed—I mean, the last uh, debate—the missed opportunities Mm -hmm. that the Pence had to to bring that kind of stuff out. They just don't seem to have a fighting spirit in them. I I wish they'd put me up there. I tell you what—you put me and Newt Gingrich together, and there would be nobody that's going to win that debate but us.
5: Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, go, girl. Well, I, I tell you, what, I mean, I, just,
2: I think
1: I think Pence,
2: yeah, I think Pence, uh, you know, did pretty well. Of course, Gingrich would have done much better, uh, but I, I think the demeanor would have been different, you know. Um, and you know, but uh, I, I mean, I, I was actually, you know, surprised by Pence. I really was. I was actually, uh, well, you know, I was actually I, I impressed was, by I, him.
4: <laughs> I started out not being impressed because his very original, the very original question where. It, um, I forget what the question even was, but all he could talk about was his grandfather. Not nobody wants to hear about your yeah, grandfather. to hear personal stuff. I, I yeah, don't want to hear that. personal stuff. I want to yeah, know. Yeah, I mean don't want to hear personal now. stuff. What? Th- that's yeah. like saying, "Well, my grandma was a great Christian, so that makes me a great Christian, right?" No, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I want to hear what well, yeah, you believe. Yeah,
2: I'm a perfect like, example of that.
4: Okay, <laughs> Robert. So oh, well, my mom was very
2: about get... <laughs> A Catholic.
4: <laughs> well, I wasn't digging at you, but I promise. What I'm saying is, <laughs>
2: uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm
1: just
4: get... <laughs> I didn't even know that. So anyway, I, I, I just think that um, we we are letting them get away with so much that they're they're just rolling over like a steamroller. They're rolling over our candidates, and nobody seems to know how to fight back. That's why I so wish that Newt Gingrich was in the middle of this debate with him. And he's all like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm sure – you know, because when he started listing his qualifications for vice president, one of the top uh, qualifications was that he could become president if anything happened to Donald Trump. Well, okay, so why? What? You're going you're gonna to leave Newt Gingrich off of that because he might be too old? Um, he's not stumbling and falling all over the place anywhere, I don't think. He doesn't need a, a a radio transmitter in his ear so that someone can talk to him and tell him what to say. He's not passing out from um, seizures. Well, he, yeah, <laughs> he, he he doesn't ha he never had to spend a, a week before his debate uh, resting. Um, you know,
1: and she's doing it again. could
4: have been. Newt Gingrich could have been. A much better president. He was in very good health, and he could have been a much better president and and stayed around longer than Hillary Clinton. So oh, I, you yeah. know, this this age thing and everything, I don't buy it. They just know they know that Newt Gingrich would have been one of the best things that could have happened to us, and they didn't oh, want yeah. that. And they didn't allow it. But anyway.
1: No. And, no, I agree know, with I, that.
4: Here's here's um Donald Trump and he's got Rince Previs coaching him for a debate. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is the guy that that yeah. wanted Ronald Reagan to be president, you know? Uh, this is the guy who taught Ronald Reagan how to debate so that some nobody from Kenya could beat him in a debate. I mean, why why does Rince Priebus have two seconds to spend with Trump?
1: Trump should, <laughs> yeah, no Trump,
4: doubt. Trump should, stay as, Trump should stay as far away from Priebus as he possibly can. Roe, mm-hmm. Pre um any of those guys, you you stay away from those jerks. They don't know what the heck they're doing. But he's here. He is giving them. I mean, it's like. Romney all over again. I don't know. I'm really losing. Yeah. Well, the it, first the, something... the first
2: debate was Romney. Yeah. The first debate I called Romney ask. Uh, and and yeah, see, uh, Let's go was. ahead and yeah let yeah it was Romney esque Let's hey, go Robert, ahead and get uh, this one up. Yeah.
4: Robert, I'm gonna also have to to go off. Um, so I just want to say goodbye to everybody and have a great conversation. Okay, guys.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate it. So it looks like uh, all the, the girls are gone, and 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 David had to. All the girls are gone now, and so guys, we can really go at uh, the Bard's Logic after dark. Just kidding, uh, audience. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so uh, we do have uh, some other folks on the line. If you'd like to chime in, just push that one on your number dial. As I said, we just got the the guys in here. Uh, David had to uh, make an exit as well, so we'll we'll be hearing again from him. I'm sure. I'll uh, be talking to him uh, off the air as well, and uh, hopefully we can get some some things working together uh, with folks. I really need to get a but just a, but a, you know maybe a rule of sorts uh, with with everybody's contact information. I know there's uh, been a couple people like, oh give me contact with so and so, and you know I haven't been as uh, successful at doing that as I'd like. Um, so definitely, folks, uh, give me that to work on and. And uh, bear with me. And if I don't remember uh, to get you contacted with somebody that you've been wanting to uh, get in contact with, uh, just send me a message on the Bard's Logic contact page by going to www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com and send me an email through the contact page saying, uh, Robert, you said you were going to give me some contact information, uh, information for so and so as we talked in the show. Kind of a little reminder to me, and, and I'll get that going for you. So let's go ahead and get to one of the other. Uh, topics. I'm probably going to end up skipping a few uh, of the audios that I had and just go to what I thought uh, was, you know, important for us to hear. Uh, and let's go. And that's going to bring us to the next clip, uh, which is going to be uh, about North Korea. So let's go ahead and play
1: that. North
0: Korea, Iran, and the threat of nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. North Korea recently conducted its fifth and most powerful nuclear test. Right. What specific steps would you take? To prevent North Korea from developing a nuclear
7: armed missile capable of reaching the United States. Governor Pence. Well, first we, we need to we need to make a commitment to rebuild our military, including modernizing our nuclear forces. And and we also need we also need an effective American diplomacy that will marshal uh, the resources of nations in the Asian Pacific Rim to put pressure on North Korea, on Kim Jong un. To abandon his nuclear ambitions, it has to remain the policy of the United States of America: the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Plain and simple. And when Donald Trump is president of the United States, we're 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 not going to have the uh, the kind of of posture in the world that has Russia invading uh, Crimea and Ukraine, that has the Chinese building new islands in the South China Sea, that has literally the world, including North Korea, flouting American power. We're we're going, to, we're going to go back to the days of peace through strength. But I have to, I have to tell you that, that, that all this talk about tax returns, and I get it. You know, you want to keep bringing it up. It must have And a role some problem. focus group. Uh, but here, Hillary Clinton and her husband set up a private foundation called the Clinton Foundation. While she was Secretary of State, the Clinton Foundation accepted tens of millions of dollars from foreign governments and foreign donors. Now now, y'all need to know out there, this is, this is basic stuff. Foreign donors and certainly foreign governments cannot participate in the American political process. They cannot make financial contributions. But the Clintons figured out a way to create a foundation where foreign governments and foreign donors could donate millions of dollars. And then we found, thanks to the good work of the Associated Press, that more than half of her private meetings when she was Secretary of State were given to major donors of the clinton foundation when you talk about the, all these all these baseless rumors about russia and the rest hillary clinton what, the, you asked the trustworthy question at the very beginning the reason people Trump don't Trump trust is, uh, hillary clinton is because they are looking at the pay-to-play politics that she operated with the clinton foundation through a Governor private clinton. server while
0: she's You're secretary, secretary of off, and they're
7: saying enough is enough Senator i'm going to talk about the
6: foundation then i'll talk about north korea so on the foundation I am glad to talk about the foundation. The Clinton Foundation is one of the highest rated charities in the world. It provides AIDS drugs to about 11 and a half million people. It helps Americans deal with opioid overdoses. It gets higher rankings for its charity than the American Red Cross does. The Clinton Foundation does an awful lot of good work. Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State took no action to benefit the foundation. The State Department did an investigation And they concluded that everything Hillary Clinton did as Secretary of State was completely in the interest of the United States. So the foundation does good work, and Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State acted in the interest of the United States. But let's compare this now with the Trump Organization and the Trump Foundation. The Trump Organization is an octopus-like organization with tentacles all over the world whose conflict of interest.
2: Blah, blah, blah. Just same old, same old from Kane. Uh And so, what we're going to do is uh, bring it over to, to the gentleman here. Uh, you know, I'm trying to look for some uh, facts uh, fact checking here on the uh, Clinton Foundation. Uh, now, one of the things um, that we have here is when he's talking about the pay-to-play, and I think what they're doing a lot of what they did a lot of times in the debate is to bring up subjects that were not brought up. And I I mentioned earlier tonight, I was going to mention about the moderator. I think she did better than the first uh, presidential one, to be honest. I think, I I don't think she was as biased, not as, I didn't say there wasn't any, uh, but I I don't think she was, you know, as biased as the first one. Uh, I don't, you know, she did ask some questions that frankly, the first guy, uh, he didn't ask and, and frankly, Trump didn't even bring up So I think uh, Pence made sure I mean, she might even made sure it was brought up Just to, because people want to hear about it You know, people talk about why weren't these questions asked In the debate and so Maybe she thought, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it And what she didn't bring up I think Pence brought up uh, for himself what, what Trump didn't say And I just think that was you know purposeful At least on Pence's part uh, To do that You know that's and that's a big you know a big point with the you know what that they're they're making out there and they one of one is to of course forget is that uh pay to play uh that's i think affecting the you know the poll numbers for for hillary uh what about uh you Jane or Kelly do you have any comments on that okay well what i'm gonna do is uh go ahead and uh, so uh-huh. going to do some, some type-
8: Yes. I I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a night as well. Yes. Okay,
2: well I appreciate it. Uh uh for coming in. Thank you very much, Gene. And so uh we'll go ahead and uh welcome you to come back uh next week. And so we'll and uh thank you very much for your input, Gene. It's always welcome. And so what we'll do is okay. we'll play uh this this you. you have a good night. Good night. Thank you. And uh what we're gonna do is play the, this next audio uh, and as I well, said, we do see some other folks on the line. If you'd like to chime in, uh, i make some commentary. Just push the one on your number dial. And so the next one is about, you know, terrorism in general. Uh, and so we'll uh, play that one here. So let's go ahead and hear that.
0: Shift now to the threat of terrorism. Do you think the world today is a safer or more dangerous place than it was eight years ago? Has the terrorist threat increased or decreased? Senator Kane? The terrorist threat has decreased in some ways
6: because bin Laden is dead. The terrorist threat has decreased in some ways because an Iranian nuclear weapons program has been stopped. The terrorist threat to United States troops has been decreased in some ways because there's not 175,000 in a dangerous part of the world. There's only 15,000, but there are other parts of the world that are challenging. Let me tell you this, to beat terrorism, there's only one candidate who can do it, and it's Hillary Clinton. Remember, Hillary Clinton was the senator from New York On 9-11, she was there at the World Trade Center when they were still searching for victims and survivors. That seared onto her the need to beat terrorism. And she's got a plan to do it. She was part of the national security team that wiped out bin Laden. Here's her plan to defeat ISIL. First, we gotta keep taking out their leaders on the battlefield. She was part of the team that got bin Laden, and she'll lead the team that will get Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the head of ISIS. Second, we gotta disrupt financing networks. Third, disrupt their ability to recruit on the, on the internet, in their safe havens, but, but fourth, we also have to work with allies to share and surge intelligence. That's the Hillary Clinton plan. She's got the experience to do it. Donald Trump. Donald Trump can't start a Twitter war with Miss Universe without shooting himself in the foot. Donald Trump doesn't have a plan. He said, um, I have a secret plan. And then he said, um, I know more than all the generals about ISIL. And then he said, I'm gonna call the generals to help me figure out a plan. And finally he said, I'm gonna fire all the generals. He doesn't have a plan, but he does have dangerous ideas. Here's four, he trash talks the military. The military is a disaster, John McCain's no hero. The generals need all to be fired and I know more than them. He wants to tear up alliances. NATO is obsolete and will only work together with Israel if they pay big lead. Third, he loves dictators. He's got kind of a personal Mount Rushmore, Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, Muammar Gaddafi, and Saddam Hussein. And last and most dangerously, Donald Trump believes, Donald Trump believes that the world will be safer if more nations have nuclear weapons. He said Saudi Arabia should get them, Japan should get them, Korea should get them. And when when he was confronted with this and told, wait a minute, terrorists could get those. Proliferation could lead to nuclear war. Here's what Donald Trump said, and I quote, go ahead, folks, enjoy yourselves. I'd love to hear Governor Pence tell me
7: what's so enjoyable or comical about nuclear war. Governor Pence. Did you work on that one a long time? Because that had a lot of really creative lines in it. Well, I'm gonna uh, see if you can look, defend any of it. Look, I can defend, I, 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 can, uh, I can make it very clear to the American people. After traveling millions of miles as our Secretary of State, after being the architect of the foreign policy of this administration, uh, America is less safe today than it was uh, the day that Barack Obama became president of the United States. It's absolutely inarguable. Uh, We've weakened America's place in the world. Uh, and it's been a combination of factors, but mostly it's been a lack of leadership. I mean, I, I will give you, and I, I, I was in Washington, D.C. On, on 9-11. I saw the clouds uh, of smoke rise from the Pentagon. I was in Virginia. Where the Pentagon, I know you, you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all lived through that day mm-hmm. as a nation. It was heartbreaking. Uh, And I I want to give this president uh, credit uh, for bringing um, Osama bin Laden uh, to justice. But the truth is Osama bin Laden led Al Qaeda. A primary threat today is ISIS. And because Hillary Clinton failed to renegotiate a status of forces agreement uh, that would have allowed some American combat troops to remain in Iraq and secure the hard fought gains the American soldier had won by 2009, ISIS was able to be literally conjured up out of the desert and it's overrun vast areas that the American soldier had won in Operation Iraqi Freedom. My heart breaks for the likes of Lance Corporal Scott Zabowski. He fell in Fallujah in 2005. He fought hard through some of the most difficult days in Operation Iraqi Freedom. And he paid the ultimate sacrifice to defend our freedom and secure that nation. And that nation was secured in 2009, but because Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama failed to provide a status of forces agreement and leave sufficient troops in there, we are back at war. The president just ordered more troops on the ground. We are back at war in Iraq. And and Scott Zubowski, whose mom would always come to Memorial Day events in Newcastle, Indiana to see me. And I'd always give her a hug and tell her we're never gonna forget our son. And we never will. Scott Sabowski and the sacrifices the American soldier made were squandered in Iraq because this administration created a vacuum in which ISIS was able to grow. And a reference to that Iranian deal, the Iranian deal that Hillary Clinton initiated $150 billion Stopping to a the radical program without firing Iran, a shot. You didn't stop the nuclear weapons yes, we program. We, you, you Even the Israeli you military. You guaranteed that Iran will someday become a nuclear power because there's no limitations once the period of time of the treaty comes off.
0: Governor Pence, Mr. Trump has proposed extreme vetting of immigrants from parts of the world that export terrorism, but that does not address many of the recent terrorist attacks in
2: the... That was a different topic. I didn't cover that one uh, because we have kind of heard that all before. And so, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, it's obvious we are not safer now uh, since, you know, since before Obama taken taken office. I mean, think about 9-11. Think how many years after 9-11 that we didn't have any bombings. I mean, did we have all these bombings in the streets? I mean, even throughout almost the entire uh, Bush's campaign. Did, 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 do you remember, Kelly, uh, any other attacks that we've had to the rest of the uh, uh, Bush administration here on the home soil, whether it was domestic, as uh, Kane, you know, was later on, you know, Kane was uh, trying to say, and, and what the moderator was saying earlier, like well, and the question that I decided not to cover is that we didn't, we didn't have these homegrown uh, terrorists uh, and, and bombings and shootings. We didn't have that. You didn't and really, really. I mean, you heard some, you know, across seas, but certainly not in Germany, certainly not in France. So these didn't happen until you know during. The Bush administration. I mean, sorry, the Obama administration. Sincerely, so not only the U- the U.S. is not as safe. You know, the the rest of the world isn't as well. I mean, during Bush's, you know, when he was in office, and Dick Cheney, you know, we had Donald Rumsfeld. I mean, did Russia go over and, and you know, and take over the cr- no, That that happened during the, the Obama administration, and it's going to be more so. I believe in the you know if we were to have uh, the Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. I'm just kidding, but Hillary Clinton administration, or Cain, if if her health uh, is not going to be able to stand up, literally. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me apologize
10: because I guess maybe I'm apologizing to myself here. I have taken peace for granted. I have taken peace for granted simply um, now that you bring that up, that during the George W. Bush years, which I'm not a fan of George W. Bush. But, um, yeah, peace. Peace broke out in this country and it's broken out for how many decades? Um, I mean, okay, World War II, we had an invasion where the Japanese went into the Aleutian Islands. Um, Before that, of course, Pearl Harbor, but before that was, what, 1812, uh, when the British tried to retake uh, the states. Um, We have had, well, of course, there was 9-11, but, you know, it's arguable who did that. We'll soon find out, because Congress has has vetoed Obama's no, where uh, Congress says, yes, American citizens can go ahead and sue other nations. Um which is a very stunning first time in Obama's... Um, right. It's mm-hmm. he's ...been a veto overriding him. But that, that was... that was. Um, what am I saying here? I'm saying we have enjoyed peace for an awful long time. I have taken it for granted, and it's not good. But at least it's been there. And, yeah, George W. Bush, after 9-11, nothing really happened, Um, that I'm aware of. So... Wow, what's going on here? Um, I, I just I'm having a hard time believing that the uh, Clinton administration would actually keep us safe. I, I, I'm sorry, I just I have a terribly hard time believing that. Um, I, I think Trump. Trump's the kind of guy. I think he's going to get stuff done that needs to get done. Um, none of these games, um, beholden to the uh, jihadists, et cetera. Uh, I, I think. You know, this, this pussy flips around, play games, uh, try to appease them. It's, it's just, it, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not sure it works because, um, you know, well, in, Islam got started in like 622, and they were warring and warring against whoever didn't believe in them. And after 400 years, finally the Crusades commenced, actually led by one of the popes. Uh, very rare in history that, that happened. But the, these people, from their history of old oh, 622 till the day, uh, uh, oh gosh, it's over a thousand years. Oh my gosh, we're talking millennium plus here. They're not going to let up. The present policies are not working. And, and by the way, how does the Secretary of State or the State Department's office help in assassinating? Osama bin Laden. I, I don't. I don't quite understand the connection there. I mean, it's like, uh, why don't you tell us that that a French uh, cook shot uh, King King Richard, um, you know, Richard the Lionheart, and make us believe that too? Um, but anyway, if you're a history buff, you'll you'll kind of be amused at what I just said. Anyway, um, so obviously, these policies that have been going out aren't working. Maybe we should try something different. I wonder when I wonder when Obama's, or not Obama, okay, sorry, I have it, or boo-boo.
5: I wonder when
10: um, Hillary's going to start imitating uh, Trump. <laughs> you know, because, you know, well, no, that's not my, that, you know, she's starting to, I'm hearing some indications, but... Um, Oh, no, 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 I said that first. No, 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 come on, guys. Stop playing these games. <laughs> anyway, i got a question for you, Robert, okay? This is kind of, I guess Cindy was on, she, her humor alert would already went off. So here we are in 12. We were talking in 12, I first came on the show. All right, here we are in 2016 and four years later. Um, do we have to do this again in four years? I'm sounding like a brat in the back seat of a
1: car. Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we have to do this again in four years?
2: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, indeed. Yeah, I
1: yield.
2: And <laughs> let's go ahead and – no, I'm finding something interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm looking where you can you, – because you can get the podcast here – uh, on all the shows, free on iTunes. And I, I posted them, some of them on Facebook, on the Bard's Logic Political Talk page there on Facebook, and I'm looking for some of my past posts uh, of it, and I cannot seem to find it. I don't know why Facebook, if it did, uh, would have taken the posts down, uh, but I'm not seeing any of my previous posts uh, of me putting uh, that out So I'm finding that kind of interesting hmm. But anyway uh, Moving forward because we you know, got about 20 minutes before I have to start shutting things out And I definitely uh, have some more uh, Audio here and I'm probably only going to Have a, a time for two And so what I'm going to do is play The uh, clip I have uh, Where they're talking about Syria Of course uh, they'll go into other topics And then I uh, have one more after that uh, about making America great again. Uh, that's from the debate. Uh, and then uh, let's listen next. I want to make sure these get out uh, for our audience.
0: We we'll to turn now to Syria. Two hundred fifty thousand people, one hundred thousand of them children, are under siege in Aleppo, Syria. Bunker Buster bombs, cluster munitions, and incendiary weapons are being dropped on them by Russian and Syrian militaries. Does the U.S. have a responsibility to protect civilians and prevent mass casualties on this scale? Governor
7: Pence. The United States of America needs to begin to exercise strong leadership to protect the vulnerable citizens and over 100,000 children in Aleppo. Hillary Clinton's top priority when she became Secretary of State was the Russian reset. The Russian reset. After the Russian reset, the Russians invaded Ukraine and took over Crimea. And the small and bullying leader uh, of Russia is now dictating terms to the United States to the point where all the, all the United States of America, uh, 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 the, 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 the greatest nation on earth, just withdraws from talks about a, a ceasefire while Vladimir Putin puts a missile defense system in Syria while he marshals the forces and begins. But we, we have got to begin to lean into this with strong broad-shouldered American leadership. It begins by rebuilding our military. I mean, the Russians and the Chinese have been making enormous investments in the military. We we have, we have the smallest Navy since 1916. We have the lowest number of, of troops since the end of the Second World War. We've got to work with the Congress, and Donald Trump will to rebuild our military and project American strength in the world. But about Aleppo and about Syria, I, I truly do believe that... that that what America ought to do right now is to immediately establish safe zones so that families and, and vulnerable uh, families with children can move out of those areas, work with our Arab partners real time right now to make that happen. And secondly, I, I just have to tell you that the provocations by Russia need to be met with American strength. Uh, and, and if Russia chooses to be involved and continue, I should say, to be involved, this barbaric attack on civilians in Aleppo, the United States of America should be prepared to use military force to strike military targets of the Assad regime to prevent them from this humanitarian uh, crisis that is taking place in Aleppo. Uh, There's a broad range of other things that we ought to do as well. We We ought to deploy a missile defense shield to the Czech Republic and Poland which Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama pulled back on out of not wanting to offend the Russians back in 2009. We've just got to have American strength on the world stage. And when Donald Trump becomes president of the United States, the Russians and other countries in the world will know they're dealing with a strong American president.
0: Senator
6: Hillary and I also agree that
7: the establishment
6: of a humanitarian zone in Northern Syria with the provision of international human aid, consistent with UN Security Council resolution that was passed in February 2014 would be a very, very good idea. And Hillary also has the ability to stand up to Russia in a way that this ticket does not. Donald Trump again and again has praised Vladimir Putin and it's clear that he has business dealings with Russian oligarchs who are very connected to Putin. The Trump campaign management team had to be fired a month or so ago because of those shadowy connections with pro-Putin forces. Governor Pence made the odd claim. He said, inarguably, Vladimir Putin is a better leader than President Obama. Vladimir Putin's run his economy into the ground. He persecutes LGBT folks and journalists. If you don't know the difference between dictatorship and leadership, then you gotta go back to a fifth grade civics class. i tell you what offends me. Governor, well, Pence, that offended just, me. Governor Pence just said, Governor Pence just said that Donald Trump will rebuild the military. No, he won't. Donald Trump is avoiding paying taxes. The New York Times story, and we need to get this, but the New York Times story suggested that he probably didn't pay taxes for about 18 years starting in 1995. Those years included the years of 9-11. So get this, on 9-11, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump's hometown was attacked by the worst terrorist attack in the history of the United States. Young men and women, young men and women signed up to serve in the military to fight terrorism. Hillary Clinton went to Washington to get funds to rebuild her city and protect first responders. But Donald Trump was fighting a very different fight. It was a fight to avoid paying taxes so that he wouldn't support the fight against terror, he wouldn't support troops, he wouldn't, he wouldn't support, this is importantly, when a guy running for president will not support the troops, not support veterans, not support teachers, that's really important. And I said about a lot, but we do agree, the notion is we have to create a humanitarian zone in Northern Syria, it's very important.
0: Uh, Governor Pence, you had mentioned uh, no-fly zone. Uh, Where would you propose setting up a safe zone specifically? How would you keep it safe?
7: Well, first and foremost, Donald Trump supports our troops. Donald Trump supports our veterans. He won't pay taxes. Donald Trump has paid all the taxes that he's. Do you not take deductions?
0: No, how is does it work? About no, no, I. I, I, I mean, honestly, honestly Senator, Senator, honestly, it Senator, is about our troops. I understand,
7: how, I, understand the troops I understand why you want to change. I understand why you want to change the subject. I understand why you want to change the subject. And let me be very clear on this Russian thing. The larger question here. On Do you think Donald Trump you know,
0: is smart to not to pay taxes?
7: What here. we're dealing with is is the you know there's an old proverb that says the russian bear never dies it just hibernates and the truth of the matter is the weak and feckless foreign policy of hillary clinton and barack obama has awakened an aggression in russia that first a- a appeared a few years ago with their move in georgia now their move into crimea now they're moved into the wider middle east and and all the while all we do is is fold our arms and say we're not having talks anymore to, to answer your question, we just need American strength. We, we, need to, we need to marshal the resources of our allies in the region, and in the immediate, we need to act and act now to get people out of harm's way. And exactly how would those
0: safe zones work? How would they remain safe?
7: The, the safe zones would have to be, um, as, as the senator said, uh, there's already a framework for this that's been recognized by the international community. the United States of America needs to be prepared to work with our allies in the region to create uh, a route for safe uh, passage and then to protect people in those areas, including with a no-fly zone. But look, this, this is very tough stuff. I served on the Foreign Affairs Committee for a decade. I traveled in and out of that region for 10 years. I saw what the American soldier won in Operation Iraqi Freedom and to see the weak and feckless leadership that, that Hillary Clinton was the architect of in the foreign policy of the Obama well, administration. Let, let, me, let me come back that and talk about. Is deeply troubling it. to me that what he talks
6: about thing that Trump administration doesn't want to acknowledge. Elaine, he doesn't want to acknowledge that we stopped the Iranian nuclear weapons program. He doesn't want he did. to acknowledge.
2: Okay, they didn't stop the the, the nuclear weapons uh, for Iran. That's that's ridiculous. But of course again, Kane kept you know interrupting Pence you know every time he, you know he he tried to talk and you know so you know we we've heard that but Kelly you know one of the things I want to ask you you're a libertarian is you know with the Syrian refugees and you know it's horrible what's going on over there but as a libertarian do you feel that it, it is our responsibility the United States responsibility to uh, protect those folks over there
10: okay that's a pretty loaded not, not loaded that's a multi-pronged question. Um, From the surface, it sounds simple, but it's okay. Do we protect other nations? Do we have a treaty with them? That's the first question. Do we have a treaty with them? Oh,
2: okay. We don't have any treaties with Syria. Not to my knowledge.
10: Well, Obama has some backboard treaty with the Muslims there. Anyway, um, let's see here. we Okay, individual level, if we have an embassy, then obviously what we ought to be doing is when uh, Christians are coming for asylum to America uh, because the Muslims are killing Christians left and right, um, you know, we should do the right thing um, because they are seeking uh, asylum. We should obviously take them in. That's kind of more on a personal level through the mechanisms of embassies, and asylum. Um, except, you know, we just seem to bring in only Muslims in America seeking asylum. Yeah, right. Christians are kind of not allowed. Obama thing again. Um, but as far as a libertarian perspective, kind of speaking from what I gather from the party, is basically, unless there's a treaty, we just, we just leave other nations alone. We just leave other nations alone. Why are we... Uh, being codependent and mingling in other things. Um, of course, the Muslim Fed has been around 1622, Muhammad, and then by six 700s, you know, wars were already going on, and then his followers propagated it. So then, how much do we get involved in that? Well, a, a strict constitutional type of thinking is: okay, you want to have a war, well, then have Congress declare, make a declaration of war if there is no treaty in another nation, well then, you know, if if the United States' interests are threatened by terrorists taking over the Middle East, um, well then let Congress declare war. And then the military can take care of business with the strict constitutional, which, you know, quite a bit um, lines up with the libertarians. Or some libertarians are like, uh, no way, no how, don't even go to war if you have a congressional declaration of war. I mean, some of these people are a little bit out there, but that's kind of my position is let let the people speak to their congressmen. If the American people are telling the congressmen to make a declaration of war, then do so, and let's go to war. But let's have a plan, an exit strategy, let's get in, let's get out, let's get it done. Um, you see why I had to answer this in, in, in multiple aspects? I'm sorry. Do you see why I had to answer this question through multiple mm-hmm.
1: aspects?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, foreign
10: policy. Yeah, it's not, it's not.
2: Yeah, it's not an easy question, certainly. Yeah,
10: yeah. it's not just oh, Newcom, let God for them out. It's not. It's not. Oh, I'll just leave everybody alone and let's just secure our own borders. It's not. It's no. It's not black and white like that. I mean, Great Britain was our ally from obviously World War One and had two allies, the great allies really of Europe, Great Britain and, and the United States in World War Two, had we not worked together, we'd be under Nazi rule right now. Uh I mean I'm not kidding. I studied this too much to know to know this. Um so it it's it's you know, there's times when you gotta buddy up on your ally agreement, on your treaties and, and there's time to pick your battle. Of course, if you want to go into the Middle East for oil, well, then all we're doing is creating more enemies than we can kill. That's another aspect of it. Okay, how do we do? Well, you know, I, don't, I can't remember who said this. Was it Newt Gingrich? No, I don't. I'm not sure. Was it Ron Paul? I'm trying to remember who said this. In the Middle East—we're creating more enemies than, than we can kill. <laughs> Brilliant statement. That
2: yeah, sounds like something either one of them. Uh, sounds like something either one of them would have said. Yeah, but I mean but I mean but is it a moral or, or or national obligation, you know, to help out these refugees in Syria? As she was suggesting. I mean, isn't that being a the place of the a moral world? Obligation.
10: Well I mean, yeah, I'm a Christian and yeah, Christians are being killed as a nation's perspective. Is it a moral obligation? And I don't know how I'm not sure how morality uh, gets involved in this as a a national position. However, if the people are screaming, let them come in through our embassies, then obviously it would be yes. One of the things about World War II, um, well, number one, we didn't want Nazi control the world. Number two, um, when we found out what was going on in Auschwitz and other death camps, well, then, yeah, I mean, obviously – there's a moral obligation. Even further, Eisenhower, he said, "Go get a bunch of photos of these of these concentration camps, because some son of a bitch will believe it never happened." Um, you know, I, I want to say that the libertarian position is just don't mess with other nations. That's a libertarian position. Um, you know, "live and let live" is kind of a libertarian, or you know. It, But when you bring in the Muslim element, when you consider they've been going to war against the world for how many millennia, or how many centuries, and they're not going to stop, well, then where does the moral obligation come? That's not that's not the right question. The question is, what do the American people want to do? Strict constitutional Mm -hmm. declaration of war. There you go. Um. Yeah, it's. Complicated question again. I mean, when you think of government, you might want to think about it as a professional position. You know, being a professional, you keep your personal opinion out of things, and you just, well, here you go. Here's your set of plans, or here's your uh, tax returns, or here is, you know, here's a surgery. You know, all these moral questions don't really enter into Mm -hmm. uh, professional products, of course. There's moral... Uh, there's ethics involved in how things are done um, it, it's yeah it's and, and another factor to this to this question posed is simply I have to do an awful lot more study on a number of things because foreign policy is not
2: my strength well then we'll do more uh, domestic Uh, And what I'm going to do is play the last audio clip uh, for tonight uh, and for the debate. And, of course, I want to thank everyone for uh, joining us tonight. And, of course, we'll be doing uh, analysis and commentary on the next debate. And uh, we're hoping to have uh, Virgil Gude on, uh, who ran or that run. He was in Congress from uh, 1997 to 2009. Um, And so we... Uh, Hoping to have him on to give some commentary and some analysis on the next uh, presidential debate. But he's actually uh, doing some work with the campaign as well. And so, uh, unfortunately, he was too busy to do uh, that this evening uh, with us. And he was also, of course, the presidential candidate uh, for the Constitution Party in 2012. But let me go ahead and play uh, this last audio. We'll make some uh, commentary. And then, unfortunately, I'll have to close things up for the night. Uh, This is uh, pretty much just Pence only um, not even quite two minutes long uh, so let's go ahead and this is towards the very end it's not, it's not the last question of the night
7: followed by an economy that is truly struggling stifled by an avalanche of more taxes more regulation Obamacare, the war on coal and the kind of trade deals that have put American workers in the backseat I think the best way that we can bring people together is through change in Washington, D.C. You know, I served in Washington, D.C. for 12 years in the Congress of the United States. And I served with many Republicans and Democrats, men and women of goodwill. The potential is there to really change the direction of this country, but it's gonna take leadership to do it. The American people want to see our nation standing tall on the world stage again. They wanna see us supporting our military rebuilding our military, commanding the respect of the world, and they want to see the American economy off to the races again. They want to see an American comeback. And Donald Trump's entire career has been about building. It's been about it's going through hardship just like a business person does and finding a way through, through smarts and ingenuity and resilience to, to fight forward. And, and when Donald Trump becomes president of the United States, we're going to have a stronger America. When you hear him say he wants to make America great again, When we do that, I truly do believe the American people are going to be standing tall. They're going to see that real change can happen after decades of just talking about it. And when that happens, the American people are going to stand tall, stand together, and we'll have the kind of unity that's been missing for way too long.
0: All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. This concludes the vice presidential debate. Mike.
2: I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, especially the last part and something we've been kind of pining about uh, for, a, you know, a long time here on the show, and that is let's get things done. Let's let's uh, quit just talking about it, which, uh, you know, I've kind of pined uh, many times here on the show that, you know, we need to start talking about other things. Uh, nothing has gotten resolved. And, you know, I think somebody even mentioned that in the the presidential debate. Uh, And here here we are, you know, hearing it again. And so let's go ahead, and Kelly, uh, if you have any commentary on those last statements and then your closing comments, and then unfortunately I'm going to have to close things out for the night.
10: Well, I was talking to a friend tonight, and I'm like, you know, uh, I wonder – The economy seems to be slowing down. Is it partly because people are waiting for the outcome of November? You know, people might be holding their money. Uh, We got this thing with Russia where they had millions of people in Russia do a uh, fallout drill. You know, kind of like what we had in the 50s and 60s. Um, That (laughs) Putin doing that or ordering that or however they got it done, uh, you know, it's a pretty scary thing, and uh, <clears throat> this, that action alone could affect the outcome of this election over here. I like Trump's approach better than Hillary's, obviously, because uh, Trump wants to do business. If you got good trading partners, you know, uh, my uncle t- uh, told me this years ago, and it kind of stuck with me. He says, what do you think about opening the doors to China so much? She says, well, generally with uh, trade and, and good trade, and economies are helping each other, other nations, it's a really a good instrument of peace. And I really thought about that, because I had a lot of hesitation about China back then. <clears throat> this is probably in the 90s. And I think he was right. And Trump's approach, I think, is a little more friendly, I think. that <clears throat> um, You know, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know uh, Hillary is... In bed with the powers that be, which, you know, military-industrial complex and the big corporations that benefit from war, it it just kind of scares me. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still working on deciding I'm going to vote for president. Um, I like some of the things that Trump, uh, he just hasn't killed people. And Pence, I think Pence, as a representative, not – what I liked about hearing what I heard tonight Pence is really um it's not his own ego, it's not his own policies he he did reference trump Cain seemed to kind of be like a brat uh it's just a libertarian third party observation, but it's rather interesting, just the whole and do we really have to do this again in four more years?
2: <laughs> I heal yes, yes, we do, <laughs> and so I want to thank of course everyone for coming to the show tonight. Uh we're looking forward to doing our uh discussion and uh commentary for the next debate. Uh hopefully we'll be able to have our friend uh Virgil on the, the show where he can uh give his uh take on the debates and we'll see what else uh, comes up. And then of course we definitely wouldn't have uh Jim Conda Junior back on uh to have the discussion about uh watching the vote, voter fraud, uh and you know, things of that nature. Uh, definitely, you know, watching the polls and making sure that this is going to be a. Oh, uh, I wouldn't even. I don't even think fair election is the proper word for it. I just think a true election. Perhaps that's the better word for it. A true election, whereas whatever the true outcome is, that's the person who uh, gets elected. But it will close tonight, as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So, again, uh, thank you, everyone. and look forward to uh, hearing from you next week and definitely share the show uh, out uh, on your Twitter and your emails and uh, Facebook. And you can also hear the podcast on iTunes. And so, we are going to uh, end it there. Take care, folks, and good night.